Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of By The Numbers. Sam, that was a really lackluster countdown. Are you alright, mate? Usually, usually you go... Yeah. I'm muted, good start, right? Yeah, usually, when I do it too angry, like, fucking hell, you're keen, you're fucking keen. I like it. I, like I can't it when you're hear keen. myself, so I don't want to be screaming, three, two... Yeah, but you, you usually do a good three to one. I was like, you went three... <laughs> like, none of us want to be here, Sam. <laughs> I mean, none of us want to be here. Duncan's got a hard out in two hours. This show is easily a fucking marathon. We're just so we're gonna have to like breeze through loads of stuff. Unfortunately, um, there's fuck all's happened. Like Blast hasn't had any more events. Refresh hasn't done anything. <laughs> uh, major, everything's so cool with that, as far as I know. Yeah, uh, one of the top know, teams in the world is getting accused of match fixing. There's yeah. nothing going on. I feel, I feel nothing as though MIBR, everything's just cool with them. The rules, yeah, are just yeah, legit in every league in the world. Fucking hell, this is ridiculous. This one in it. Right. Well, since we've got a hard out, let's let's get straight into it. Uh, let's talk about the Blast LA. Um, right, so, uh, as events go, uh, it pretty much lived up to my fucking expectations. Um, I talked about this on a stream at the time. I went and had people who were actually at the event go and do some, like, census work for me. Okay. Um, I had some people who, first of all, uh, they were, they were, uh, people who paid for the, this fucking VIP intimate <coughs> experience. The front row or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. Which... I couldn't see any demonstrable difference uh, from the stream. The, from, as far as I can tell, the front row experience was basically call-out positions for MIBR during their games. I think that's what you were paying for, um, which happened uh, very blatantly on, on, on the stream. Um, if you were watching uh, Gaules or however you fucking say his name. So, I mean, you know, that, that was... I will that just was say, by the way, like... Money well spent, I guess. Listen, yes, every venue... I've Like, for the last year or two, I've seen almost every venue's had this problem, right? Occasional people with a sign, go A, go B, you know, those sorts of things. Mm. But here's the distinction yep. I want to make here. Why is it always MIBR? Why is it always MIBR every time? Like, the difference is, on the other ones, it depends on what the venue is. If it's a North American crowd, maybe they do fit in that crowd nine. MIBR just has concert all the way around the world, like some network of the worst people to be, to be a fan. To, to, to be fair, uh, it definitely was going on at the, the, at the Boston Major. The difference was there was no way that they could have heard it that there were people shouting out positions for uh, Cloud9. And we did have an incident at E-League where I think we had to ask somebody to leave because of Cloud9. The difference is, of course, at E-League, you were warned at the start by... You, you, you fucking know, I don't need to tell you. You were sure. there when we used to do the TV They used show. to give you a little speech, basically. Yeah, before floor manager used to audience. give you a speech. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and would, would tell you straight up, if you fucking shout at any positions and compromise the competitive integrity, you're going to get thrown out in the break. Because <laughs> obviously we're not going to do it on air. It's a live TV show. But you are going to go. It would be um, hilarious if they did just fucking, like, two ex-NFL linebacker motherfuckers just literally plow through a crowd of people. Like, you, 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 remember my <laughs> you remember my personal bodyguard, right? You remember fucking Chico. You don't want him to fucking throw you out. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, I miss that motherfucker. Uh, anyway. To, all you need to know is this guy used to do that handshake where he purposely hurts your hand a bit and you have to pretend like, yeah. oh, oh, it's fine. <laughs> Hello. I don't think he was purposely. Like, I, I don't, don't think you understand. I don't think that, you understand how hard he actually is, like. And people don't realize, like, this motherfucker was, like, ex-fucking special forces, like, didn't drink, like, was total clean living, was just fucking, do, you know, every time he had a five-minute break, oh, I'll just go lift some weights and do some press-ups in a room. Like, he was fucking insane. 
Uh, I used to love that guy. Re real nice dude um, with it. Uh, I was responsible for my life, so especially had to had to like him because he was the guy who was going to have to fucking dive in front of a bullet for me. Um, so anyway, so, you know, I, well, I couldn't discern. Like, for all this talk about this big intimate experience that was supposed to be going on, all the messages that I got back from people who said they attended and they went, they were just like, it was just basically you could sit in the front row. Um, people would occasionally ask if you wanted to take pictures. So it just sounds like nothing. It's, it, it, it sounds like it was completely overhyped. It sounds like pretty much, you remember what E-League used to offer? Again, I'm, I'm talking a lot about E-League, you know, obviously the former em employers, um, you know, do you remember how they used to have that experience outside as well, where we would go up and yes. we would sign like the fan shirts zone and mouse marks? Yeah, like yeah. A, the fan zone. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> it, it sounds like it was just a piss weak version of that. And and we, we, it was a fan how much zone more money was without it to get a zone. This ticket, by the way, opposed to like the normal ticket. Uh, I'm not too sure actually, because I think I think it was just you like the ticket. I think everybody could have got it actually. I'm not too sure. Because the, the, the VI, do you remember when the original cost came through and it was four times as much as it yes. was at the Staples Center? So I, I, I don't know, actually. It's, it's funny. I didn't even think to ask how much extra people paid for this. But it just sounds like everybody was kind of flatly disappointed with it. Um, and it wasn't like this access all areas shit that they hyped up. It was just literally what you would do at most LAN events these days where you have fan meetups. So unless unless these guys have left something out, um, it just sounds like it was a load of bullshit to basically like scramble and kind of uh, big up the event. Here's the other thing: uh, I'm sure you saw the attendance. I mean, looked like it wasn't even full, even inside a small venue right. like that. So I had I had a dude go around and count the chairs. Okay, so remember, ten thousand. Was the original? I can venue. tell you there was definitely already not ten thousand because I've seen most of like <laughs> League of Legends finals in Korea. Ten thousand is a yeah. lot of people. Is ten thousand, mate? You need a lot of fucking roars. Think about it. Right. So, so they had. Uh, they so it was ten thousand at the Staples Center, which likely they would have stripped out. Galen uh, Center. So, Galen some Center. of the uh, Galen Center. Sorry, not yeah. Staples Center. My bad. Um, they they would have stripped out some of the the stands, and then you know you see probably talking the original plan probably would have had eight thousand, maybe five thousand. Okay. okay. Still so pretty reasonable some... number. Yeah, yeah. So I went and had a look at the this venue, the the furniture store. And I had a guy go around and count the chairs. 480 chairs. And that's if it was full. And and that's if it was full. And was there and were people allowed to stand or anything? I assume not. In theory, you should have a seat, right? Right. Well, it, he said at no point was it over half full. So he said well, he said 200 people. So he said, he said, a pro, he said at best 240, 250. That's at any one time we're okay. sat down watching games. So it's a bit of a fucking drop off. I mean, when, when the blast are talking about, you know, how they, 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 oh, it fell short of expectations. We underestimated the American market to go from booking a 10,000 seat venue to not even be able to get 250 people to sit in fucking chairs for the entirety of your event is pretty fucking bad. And then and, have to overcharge them. And charge then have to overcharge them. <laughs> them. Yeah. 
And this is the thing that's crazy, remember. Well, the one thing Blast never had a problem with, except for one event that I'm aware of, which is the one that went counter to ESL New York last year, where it was in Istanbul, where even then they had Astralis. But yeah, they didn't have the other good teams because they were at New York. Aside from that, the one thing Blast always has going for it, it's supposed to have the best teams in the world. Like, yeah, this one didn't have Astralis. Astralis isn't the best team right now. They had fucking Team Liquid, who's just done a Grand Slam, is probably the best NA team in any version of Counter-Strike to ever play the fucking game. And you can't get five. 500 people even in a room you you even by capacity you couldn't have had 500 because you didn't i am yes fucking hell i have i have no idea and then there's never a mayor culpa they never just say like listen okay we fucked up on this one it's like the whole thing with the intimate experience like all they had to say was like you know yeah it's going to be a different experience the other venue wasn't available or something like they always have to it's like their way of lying is to double down even more of course it is because that's that's all they know i got an interesting anecdote we'll get to at the end of this segment um but uh yeah basically i i have no idea why it was so hard to to fill up i think moving the dates probably didn't help uh it overlapped with some other stuff that was going on um overwatch and you know i'm not, i don't know how much overlap there is between csgo and overwatch probably not a great deal probably but not much come on yeah i mean I'll, I'll be yeah i'll be fair about that but i'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say maybe that did impact okay. slightly because it was in la lcs uh, obviously yeah yeah so they, you know little <coughs> things like that but okay. just just overall i don't know how they're going to massage the numbers because it showed on the broadcast they people people know this that there'll be guys in the chat who broke our pinky promise that we weren't going to fucking watch it and um, there'll be guys in the chat now who will be able to verify this. They they wouldn't show crowd shots during multiple games. Basically, when they could get the steady cam and get a tight shot on the front row, then they'd do a crowd shot. But there was there was there was entire hours went by where you just didn't see the crowd. Now you think about that in esports where it's the fucking panda fest. Right, like, you know what I mean? Oh, they're showing a crowd shot every two seconds. Yeah, he's still diffusing a fucking bomb over here. Oh, no, look, someone's cheering. Woo! Someone's holding up a sign. Someone's doing a dab. When you think about, like, the average fucking how insufferable it can be at the average esports event, uh, the Blast just tried to ignore the fact that they had a fucking empty venue. And they tried to, like, you know, jazz it up as best as they could. But I think it's an absolute disaster. <clears throat> Not that the blast will come out. Oh, I've got a great one for you here, Rich. They'll what... try and massage the numbers. I just I'll don't know how a... they'll do it. This is a great example of why you don't lie. You know the famous thing that you tell kids is you don't tell them don't lie because it's wrong or it's eth- unethical. You know what? Like these are all things that they could argue. What you tell a kid, the best reason not to lie is you have to keep fucking track of all the lies. It's really mm. hard the more lies you tell. And the problem with people like Refreshers, they're just lying every fucking word out their mouth. So here's about what I'm going to do now, right? And I'm going to read out a little section to you that Jordi Roig from Refresh said when they did an interview with HLTV.org. You ready? The section mm-hmm. goes like this. It says, they ask him basically about like, you know, what about if you grow a lot, wouldn't that cause conflicts with other tournament organizers? And now this is mm-hmm. what he says. I'll skip to the relevant part. He says, when we started in Copenhagen with TV production and 12,000 people in the stadium, that positively affected the ESL Pro League finals that were in Odense. Mm-hmm. A, week, a few weeks later. Are you ready for the key part here, guys? 
if we would have made a boring tournament with no crowd and delays, people would have asked themselves, this is esports, and they would not have given it another chance. Right, by your own logic, Jordy Roig, refresh and blast, you've just fucked up events in LA for Counter-Strike for everyone else. By your own logic, because you had to try and take credit for ESL Pro League, you've just actually admitted that you fucked up events in LA. And by your own logic, I want an apology. You're beating yourself up otherwise. Give us an apology for this then, please. I, I really liked him in Star Trek The Next Generation as well. I thought he played a really good character, you know, with the whole... Maybe that uh, was the overlap with the thing. whole Overwatch League yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but look, I, I've actually, I put a picture in the chat, uh, Sam, if you want to bring it yeah, up. It's quite low rest. Uh, and, and Duncan, you can have a look at this. I am telling you, right, that is all of the people that were there for the final. This That's is where, like, I, I need to get a higher res version. So I want to yeah, zoom yeah. in and see if it's like the same people copy and pasted in the crowd. <laughs> you know, like one of those like CNN level like like fake setups where just the camera angle looks amazing. You know, when 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 you think about like, and again, if if this was ten years ago, you wouldn't blink. This would be great. But you know what I mean? It's like you say. It's like this culmination of everything. You're you're talking about how you're taking it to the next level. You're talking about how successful your events are. Blah blah blah. Um, but that it, that crowd is a, a pretty bad look, actually, for your for your events. I would say overall, and just esports as a whole. I agree with you. I think when you compare and contrast, we just come off the back of ESL One Cologne. Think about the atmosphere in the crowd there. Fifteen thousand sold out. I believe that venue was. Yeah, and then you come over <coughs> to LA, this supposed esports hub, and that and that's what you get. You know, two hundred dudes in a room, like old school esports used to be. Um, so I, th I think the event was an unmitigated disaster, uh, just in terms of attendance. There was a fuck ton of tech problems as well. Um, you know, people will definitely have picked up on this. I also had, uh, like out of the guys that gave me, were giving me feeders from, from when they were there, they said the sound, the stage setup was a mess because if you look at it, how the blast usually works is they have this like square setup, right? So it's like one game on each side, and they originally showed four games simultaneously. <clears throat> um, and that means that because sound travels outwards, if you're watching the on the one side, you don't get the other uh, commentators. But what was happening here was the two games that were commentated, it was flooding out into the furniture store in that lovely, you know, reverberating off that glorious wooden ceiling that they hyped up for some reason. <laughs> um and the acoustics were meant to be really bad like people who were sat at one end said they could hear noise and sound from the other games because it was all just on it was all it was like four games it was like four stages on one flat wall coming out into an area which is like i bet it was just like having fucking schizophrenia or something just all these sounds in your head fucking, oh yeah. stop turn the sound off <laughs> yeah so um it was it was a really bad event it looked bad the optics were bad the turnout was bad. Uh, viewership wasn't great. So I'm, I'm just looking to see how they uh, are going to try and spin it all into a positive. Uh, they'll probably go with the whole, um, you know, we, we feel like this was a, a very specialized event, right? Something along the lines of it was like a throwback to what, you know, esports grassroots, but with the added advantage of having the best teams. It'll be something lame like that because there's no way they can dress it up. The, the, the Twitch viewership was down from what I could tell. Um, like, you know, the like, format it, it, didn't guys, save the event. Just think about this for a second. 
Mm. What possible things could have happened to their event where they'd admit it failed under these circumstances? Yeah. They're literally now spinning all these things that are objectively bad on every level as positives, not even as like, oh, it's not that bad. It's like, no, and it's an actual upgrade to have less people there. They want no, they want you to actually believe this is how stupid they are and how little, how much contempt rather they have for you as the audience. They think mm. you're going to believe they prefer to have an event with 280 people there as opposed to fucking 8,000 or something. They think you're going to believe that and that someone wanted to pay three times as much for a worse experience. No way. And, uh, you know, they, they did that thing where they did that press release. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about this and then we'll talk about the event itself and, and Liquid and everything. Um, they uh, did that press release where they were talking about how Astralis and Refresh were going to separate. And that was clearly uh, timed to get as much positive... Uh, presses as they could because there's been a lot of negativity about obviously the relationship between refresh and astralis first of all you have the overarching story right like if you own tournaments and you own a team at the very least that team shouldn't compete in those tournaments uh, and at that the, goes without saying as far as I at can the tell. yeah exactly at the very least in an ideal world in a proper world you just wouldn't own a team you would make a decision about the business <clears throat> So they put this announcement out saying that they were parting ways. Then I I, I was... Um... Which, as usual, I'm just going to go ahead and make the usual joke so everyone understands what I mean here. I'm going to mm. guess, magically, Nicola Nyhum's great aunt just actually threw two shell companies and actually now owns Astralis. Well, it's interesting because um, I, I was highly skeptical of it because Refresh have just lied so many times to, sure. to everybody. They've lied so many times to the community, so many times to, to us. I mean, like, literally told bare lies to my face. I'm, I've got a great story coming up after this. It'll okay, blow your go. fucking mind. Here we go. Uh, but anyway, so I went through my usual source network, and I was able <coughs> to get access to a company-wide email they'd sent out. And I published this on Deserto. And basically, I'll, I'll just read you uh, the, the email. It's pretty short. It said, uh, Dear Colleagues, Yesterday, we extended the contract. Sam, if you want to bring this up as well, it's over on uh, Deserto. Uh, you'll be able to find it. It's just called Astralis, uh, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, dear colleagues, yesterday, we extended the contracts through 2021 with the five Astralis players and coach Danny. Thank you, Nick, Casper, and Jacob for leading these negotiations during an exhausting five months, and Leo for being a sanity stopgap on the commercial terms. We can all be proud to have created a world-class team with a truly unique infrastructure around it. As part of these signatures, we are also committing to separating Astralis and Blast further. As we look to 2020 and the possible development of a league, right, hold that thought, we must also recognize that the promise we gave two years ago to after a build-up phase separate ownership of competition and team is about ripe. The Astralis players have, as you all know, felt this on their social media streams, and I have no doubt that it has affected them since Miami. This, of course, will over time mean a larger separation of roles internally, as discussed at stand-ups and town halls in the past month. The Blast and team product performance teams are already fully separated, but we will, during the next months, be taking steps to make the other roles clearer and dedicated to either Blast or the teams, plural. Uh, so I guess they're including Origin in that. Yeah, uh, right, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> no decisions have been taken, and we will be working with those of your, you holding dual roles in after the vacations to make this a seamless exercise. Furthermore, this means that we have started the first conversations with interested investors to inquire the majority shareholding. Hold on to that thought. 
of Astralis, currently held by those also involved in Blast, thus completing our committed separation at a shareholder level as well. Steen and I will start addressing this commitment actively in the media, initially in the endemic landscape, hopefully at least for a while, putting the trolls to rest. Yes, because if you're against conflict of interest, you are a troll, ladies and gentlemen. Who is this CNN? What, what, the fuck, what the fuck are they Man, talking yeah. about? <laughs> Mate, I'm amazed he didn't blame Russia. Uh, we have created something very special in esports across Blast, Astralis, and Origin, and we should be proud of this ahead of the separation and the parallel futures that each of these businesses will see. Feel free to reach out to me directly if you have any questions. Good luck to all of those in LA. Best, Nicola Nihon. So, um, the uh, let's let's just talk about the first part that immediately uh, leapt out to me. Right, I headlined it. Uh, well, I didn't choose the headline, I don't think, because it goes through an editor. Um, but leaked emails suggest relationship between Astralis and Refresh had broken down. Now, again, um, without getting into who I might have talked to, what I might know, what my sources have told me, I think it's pretty... Like, reading between the lines, it says here that... Um, right. The Astralis players have, as you all know, felt this... This meaning it is now time for us to separate on their social media streams, and I have no doubt that it has affected them since Miami. So after putting this story out, right, Nicola and I immediately jumped up on Twitter, piped up, and started arguing. We said, well, how have relationships broken down between us? Why would they sign until 2021? Well, I'll tell you, you little daft cunt, right? They, I, I have it on good authority that it was the agreement that, yes, we'll sign until 2021, but the separation has to happen. So that doesn't sound like they're happy campers and want, want things to continue the way that they are. Point one. Point two, that's your email. So maybe your grasp on the English language isn't great, but there's this thing called, you know, um, where you can infer things from the sentence structure. You literally say it's time for us to honor our commitment to separate ownership from them, and the Astralis players have felt this on their social media streams. Now, what he's trying to say, that means... Insane. That's the point. Yeah, this yeah. is how you know he's full of shit. He didn't offer an alternative explanation. He said, well, by this, I meant no. actually something that... No, that, that is literally meant to mean whatever he was just referring to as the main subject before. That's what they're yeah, feeling Exactly. Now, what he, what he tried to say he meant was that, no, they the players felt this from the community because the community were calling them out on social media. And that's what he means. It just doesn't it just doesn't hold up. Uh, yeah, I know. As people are complaining yeah, about just change the server, so, it yeah. happens. And that's yeah. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Scoots is there saying, you know, that people are trolling. I believe him. Uh, right. So anyway, uh, so basically, like, why would that be a driving force between them? Like how they chose to negotiate contracts. Whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. Also, right. Explain this. Because mm. they've done it, by the way. The reason why I'm actually so adept at breaking down all blast shit is because they have the same exact style as Riot, where they just keep thinking, but if I lie again, maybe this yeah. one will hold. And yeah, so one of the one classic things Riot does is Riot also has never made a mistake, has never done anything wrong, has never corrected a mistake, has never actually improved anything because everything mm -hmm. was already the best anyway. They just invented a new way, and that's how they improved it. Like Even when they have to go and take a step down, that's not a step down, that's a step back because you know, I have to reconsider. Like, it's always that level of double down, right? So what they did here, Blast, is 
to internal employees, they quite reasonably explained one of the reasons why if you're a Stralis, you might not want to be associated with Refresh anymore because everyone's literally made fun of you as Blastralis and they talked about how you're skipping all the real events just for the Refresh events. Like, there's a very obvious reason why the Astralis players would now basically say, like, listen, it was great, but let's separate, right? Now, in an internal email, that's a very reasonable way to explain it. The problem is he wants to simultaneously have that be said internally. And then when it gets leaked, pretend that's not the reason why they're doing it. And actually, they were always going to do it all log anyway. This was always the plan. And now's the time. In which case, the obvious question to ask is, why even mention the part about the players? What would the yep. relevance be if you were always going to do it? It was always going to happen. Why would the players, A, mention it in negotiations? B, why would you mention the players? And C, it was always going to happen, right? This was always your plan. The, the best again, part is... You never mentioned this in the HLTV.org interview, again, earlier this year, where you were trying to make up for all this sort of shit. You didn't just mm. say then, well, don't worry, in a few months, we're going to separate from them anyway, so no problem. Because if I'd have heard that, that'd also be a reason why you wouldn't be worried. So the, the the funny thing is with all of this, right? If you if you look at that as well, you'll notice it says that they're they're basically separating uh the, their majority shareholder interest, the majority shareholder concern, which suggests they'll still well, be involved. I'm guessing they have some capacity. equity forever on this. Yeah, <laughs> well, listen, listen, this is where it gets fucking insane. Um, so after this article went out, Nicola and I started arguing with me, and literally <coughs> said, "I've got the tweets here." Right. Considering their press release said they were going to separate, I think it's fair to characterize that Astralis are leaving refresh. Is that reasonable? Of to course. You? Right. I mean, I, I I can't believe he's done this because he's meant to be an intelligent man. I I I think literally when you are just given tens of millions of other people's money just to spend how you want, and it doesn't matter whether you get a win or a loss, people will just keep giving them to you as long as you have roughly a 50% batting average. This motherfucker is, is out of his mind. He's out of his mind because I said, well, Astralis obviously leaving Refresh because you said you're going to disseminate ownership and they're going to go over to a control of a new investor. That says to me that they're leaving Refresh. He literally replied, publicly available tweet, they are, they are not leaving. They just extended their contracts. By the way, I'll add in a an extra detail as well that that logically implies. Well, if, they were, yeah. if this was always agreed, Richard, and it was always the plan anyway, and they've mm. just extended their contracts. Wait a minute, yeah. well, why would you extend a contract if you're going to sell the whole team? Or yeah. if you're going to extend the contract, but you're going to keep part of the equity, well, that makes perfect sense. You're right, Nicola and I am. If you're going to be a, a minority owner in the team, I, I see why you wanted them to extend their contracts now. So he, he, took, he took umbrage with me saying that they were leaving. And then he, he did a follow-up tweet where I said, it seems fair to characterize them as leaving when you've literally put a press release out with HLTV where you left out crucial bits of information from this internal email quite purposefully. Um, it, seems in, it seems accurate to say that they are leaving, right? But no. And then he put out this other tweet where he replied and he said, no, they are not leaving. We are splitting up the company. And as part of the making certain that all potential conflict of interest is gone, this also means that no one can hold shares in both companies. Either you're in Blast or you're in Astralis. So in other words, you are doing what everyone suspected you were going to do. And that is that you're going to retain some control over this team from people who, well, they've got nothing to do with the Blast. They've got nothing to do with the Blast, but they do work for Refresh that owns the Blast. What a fucking crock of shit. What a, again, they, they just try and hoodwink the, the, the company 
uh, sorry, the public every time this company. They they just can't be honest. They, they can't, just they cannot can't do keep it. They hand up a cookie jar. No, they time. can't. They have to go they can't. for every time. So they have literally, <laughs> they have literally said, this is the this is Nicola Nyom who controls it all. He is literally just admitting, hey guys, you know that press release we put out where we said they were separating? We pretty much did it to just stop criticism. Actually, what will happen is there'll be no ties between the Blast and Astralis, but Refresh will continue to have some interest in both parties. Which is the point. That's the conflict of interest, you crazy bastards. I can't even believe I'm having to explain explain this i can't believe i'm having to explain like a parent company owning two things is just as bad but they, you know they, they 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 don't get it like it, it's just unbelievable yeah and and jason in the chat puts it puts it perfectly he goes i didn't leave my ex-wife we just live in different places and fuck other people yeah that's exactly how they're doing it now the story gets good though because nicola and i am so demented i'm gonna give you an insight into his mind because uh, I still follow him, you know, like, I have this reputation for being block happy. I only block you if you're a fucking pleb, like, and you've just got nothing worth me reading. If, you know, if you're the kind of person who just spams <laughs> me with garbage, like, listen, I don't need to know what you think, because what you think doesn't matter to anyone. Not even you, really. You're just basically taking up resources. That's all you are. You're an oxygen thief. If I block you, you that's all you are. That's all you were. That's all you'll ever be. So, you know, I have about 150, 200 people blocked now, despite this reputation. I've got thousands blocked, and I use block bots and all these other lies. But I had to block Nicola Nyom. He's mental. He's fully mental. He couldn't... Um, so I, I followed him, and therefore... And we've had DMs in the past when I used to bother <laughs> asking them for comment. Um, and he actually uh, messaged me, right, um, at, when that story broke. And basically said, like, um, where was it? I'll, I'll, I'll read you. Uh, he said, I know we far from agree on most things, but I do respect that you put in an effort. So, again, what he's done immediately is I'll, I'll pay you a backhanded compliment by talking down to you. This is his, pretty much his MO of every interaction we've ever had. And he said, um, I, I respect that effort, even if, uh, from my perspective, your conclusions are off. I know you think I'm arrogant for saying that. Anyhow, I'm happy to try and put things right if you ever want to do a podcast together no worries if you don't p.s here he I, is uh, nicola nyhorn patched into the call yeah p.s i do listen to your talk shows and youtube videos and i often disagree with your conclusions but you always dig up interesting information so now he's trying to be re respectful and humble same guy that emailed fucking e-league to have me fired to have me disciplined right so i just said sincerely go fuck yourself screenshot this and remember it next time you think this door is open you stupid prick right so uh, and, and i said if you want to know why the door's closed it was closed the minute you emailed e-league to have me punished and publicly called me a liar on multiple occasions and he said um if you're talking about um so, so he goes uh i never asked them to punish you sigh and i said i saw the email and I said, I'm paraphrasing here, but you said if a refresh employee criticized you, we would punish them immediately. So what are you inferring with that statement? And he said, no. What I wrote was similar behavior towards E-League or anyone else in esports from an employee at refresh would not be tolerated and we would take action. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's amazing. It's the same he? fucking thing. You prat. It's the I same thing. It's the same thing. What is wrong with your fucking brain? It's the exact same thing with just different words. So I said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? He said, we would ask such employees to please go in depth and dialogue with the competitor they are accusing of wrongdoing. Why is he so He's just a real? fucking buzzword factory, this cunt.
right? And then I said, so why did you think E-League should listen to you? Why do you I think, think Nicola Nyholm actually runs Snopes because he does do that thing of like, no, no, Hillary yeah. Clinton wasn't involved with Yeah, exactly. Clinton. We give this a half-truth. Like, there was just two people who went missing and another one we haven't found yet. It's like, get me out. Right? So then he said, so, so I asked him, why do you think E-League should listen to you? Why do you think like E-League should you know, fucking punish the people you think or live up to the standards you apply to your company. I said, are you that demented and arrogant? And he said, I have no clue what you're trying to get at here. This is after he already said, you might think I'm arrogant earlier in the conversation. I call him demented and arrogant. And he goes, let's keep the tone a bit more clean. It's like, no, I'll talk to you however. So I literally said, I'll talk to you however I want, you fucking I'm arrogant sure. clown. I'm, I'm and sure if you don't sure. like it, get the fuck out my DMs. Like, I don't know you anything. You are, you need to earn any respect back that you pissed away, and you can't. So he kept messaging me, and, I, and my last words were, just fuck off, you weirdo. And I blocked him. What a weird cunt. Like, straight up. Like, imagine, imagine thinking you get to tell people how they can talk to you just because you've got a fucking nice suit and a fucking, you know, bit of money or whatever. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. I get it that you're surrounded by sycophants who tell you your event's great. It's not. That tell you your conflict of interests are fine. They're not. I understand you live in that bubble. I'll never be part of that motherfucker. So why, you, what, to, to tell me to talk to you civilly like you're my boss. Lick every fucking segment of my asshole, you fucking moron. Like that would ever happen. Trying to get me fired from one of the best jobs I ever fucking had. And then you rock up and go, now, now, Richard, keep it respectful. I wouldn't piss on you if you were on fucking fire, mate. What are you talking about? Fucking bellend. And I can't wait, by the way, because seriously, now you lit a fire under my fucking ass. I'm going to be taking a fucking long... Right, if you thought it was bad now, if you thought it was bad now <laughs> when we being up in all your shit, if you thought it was bad now, if you were trying to make peace now, Fuck me, 2019 and 2020, when you start the next thing I'm going to talk about, oh, this league, as you try and occupy more fucking space in an already crowded event, I will fucking melt your face off with the shit I will publish about you, you stupid prick. The absolute audacity, the absolute audacity of it. It's fucking mind-blowing. What, you know, how about an apology? How about just an apology? And just leave it there and let me fucking percolate on it. Here's what's brilliant as well. This is also, by the way, classic Riot Games type behavior, where again, the way you know these people are so delusional and so incredibly narcissistic that they're always in the right, they're always the one who knows what's going on, is even when they do the the attempted olive branch like this, right? They never just come out and say, like, listen, I know you probably disagree with some of the things we've done. You know, if I was a different person, maybe I'd agree. You know what? Maybe we've never have done things the wrong way. But you know what? In the future, I hope we could find a way to... No, what they always do is they always come with that angle, which is sort of like, listen... A lot of people think you're a complete piece of shit. I think you're all right, though. So here's the thing, right? Cheers, mate. It's like, why would you start on that as, like, the fucking... And to people already, like... It's like these guys don't even read Reddit. Like, everyone's always saying that we have, like, mad thin skin, super sensitive and stuff. Probably just start with insults. Just start... Come out the gate with insults. Couldn't possibly go wrong from there, could it? I'll be in every fucking corporate document of every person who's even vaguely related to the blast, right? Because you're trying to pull the fucking wool over everyone's eyes and you're trying to fucking pull the wool over my eyes and you're trying to fucking gaslight me, right? Well, fuck that noise. It's ridiculous. 
let's talk about this league they want to start quickly and then we'll get into the event. The idea sure. that they're thinking about starting a league in 2020 on top of uh, the blast. Like, have you not fucking learned anything? Have you not learned anything? Like, and like all... I said before, so for this Blast LA, they just expanded the format and had semi-finals that were best of threes, you know, approaching more like what you would see in a normal tournament, right? That's still it. They haven't yet mm. even done a tournament that's as long as any of the big tournaments at the moment. Like, I think the only tournament that I could think is comparable in terms of games is ECS. And ECS is actually quite well known as one of the events that's fa fairly compact, you know. Like, yeah. they have actually shown, this is why it's mad, that obviously one of the reasons they've split up is also to try and get a major. Because these cunts haven't shown they could run one ESL Cologne, never mind a whole fucking major three weeks long with minors and everything. Like, they haven't shown any of that yet. I'll give them credit for what they've done. They had a couple of events that were pretty good, but those were like two-day events. Yeah, you're going to roll a whole league after that? You know, it's fucking hard running an LCS type thing. That's a big, big commitment. And you have to pull it all off. Otherwise, everyone's up your arsehole at that point in time. Like, so, like the one thing they've had going for them so far, Richard, mm. and this is how you know they have inducements and deals with the teams, is none of the teams ever criticised them. The same teams that are like, mate, if Fallen sits down in a fucking ESL uh, practice room, he breathes in... <laughs> There's slightly off particles of nitrogen in the air and immediately goes to Twitter and starts tweeting while while Taco is taking off one of his 17 hats trying to figure out what the rule for this event is. And then Cold Zero is just like yeah. trying to fucking shimmy out of a window or something while Lopes looks away. Fucking hell. Oh, no. And then none of these guys that say a peep about this event. The only guy who said anything was Dennis. And that's because he'd already left Nick probably in his heart at that point in time and knew it was yeah. over. That's it, yeah. as far as I can tell. So imagine next year when everyone's in your league and it's the only thing. The joke of these guys, Richard, is they don't know that like success would destroy them utterly. If they got what they wanted, a fully exclusive league where they ran the whole thing and Valve even gave them the nod, they'd fuck it up so hard. Every player would complain all the time and all the fans would hate them. Like this whole chat would just be like blast LCS, blast my ass, you know, like some shit. It, it'd be actually success would ruin them. I almost wish they succeeded at this point. Like some mad yeah. Twilight Zone I mean, episode. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, the fucking uh, like what the shout out to Glockster as well. By the way, thanks for the ten gifted subs. Um, the 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 reality is that the, if they do create a league and it's a separate project, it's just another it's just another fucking land grab, which has been part of the problem. It's like listen, there is a way that the Blast can still win the PR war. It can still put on decent events. It can still have a, sp a, a space in the landscape. But you have to fucking scale it back, and you have to change your format, and you have to get some new ideas about how you're handling it. But instead, what you've decided to do is not only expand the blast in, in, in 2020, but it sounds like you're even looking at a league. Now, whether that mean, whether that refers to, because Nicola and I, funnily enough, only wanted to talk about how re the relationship hadn't break down, broke down between him and Astralis, because that, that's the, the most important thing to him, because he wants to be seen as the player's savior. He's another fucking guy with a, with a uh, Jesus Christ complex. You know, he wants to be Christ. Um, you, like that was evident right from the fucking moment those leaked Skype logs came out where he was talking to Fallen and saying, me and you, we can run a players union and change the face of esports and, and all of this stuff. You know what I mean? It's like literally he's just out I'm there. I'm sure that was his... like the fucking speech that like fucking Palpatine gave Vader to turn him oh, on. Yeah. At the end. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Together we can save them, Fallen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's obvious what he's about. Together what we running... can keep Cold Zero in MIBR. <laughs> what, what, what they're running now is like exactly like what PEA did. So if the community don't react the same way, you know something's up. I mean, they did, they did better PR, obviously, on this. So anyway, um, if, if, the, if, if it's a league component of the Blast, and that's what they were talking to when they were having expanded events, we're still in the shit position we were in, which is the Blast is expanding in 2020, and there's not enough room at the inn, and someone's going to have to go, right? And trust me, it'll be a dream hack. It'll be, it'll be an organization that's been around a long time that simply can't afford to pay appearance fees. Possibly Star Ladder. They're not yeah. in a great spot aside from oh, the major. A lot rides on that, mate. A lot yeah, rides well, on. We're, we're not going to get to that. Um, so, I, I, look, if, if they are doing another league and it's like, I'll, I'll call it now. If they are doing a league, it won't be online. It'll be another one of these turn up, play in, play in person league types that we've got, like with ESL. With, so, um, it's going to be, it's going to be disastrous for the fucking scene. And these people have proven time and time again they cannot wield their power responsibly. They have no interest in respecting the ecosystem. And they will just lie to you, the fans, lie to journalists, lie to everyone. They, they just nonstop lies. It's just like fucking Bill Clinton. They're just out of fucking control. Just straight, like, they don't even know what the truth is anymore. Like, imagine supposedly being the fucking head of a company and not realizing that saying, no, Astralis aren't leaving. They just re-signed the Imagine saying that a fucking week after you released a press release that was deliberately designed to make people think Astralis and Refresh were parting ways. Like, I just imagine doing way. that. I just love the way like, Nicola Nyham lives his life as though he's like a fucking League of Legends champion. And he's like, mm. his ultimate is lie. And he yeah, goes, just, yeah. right. I'm oh, in trouble shit. here, but as long as I pull my ult, I'm out. And he pulls his ult and he goes, pull job. She was mainly sucking my dick. It's like, <laughs> get me out. Like, it's on that level, isn't it? Like, yeah. uh, his ultimate R is like semantic games. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It, it, it's ridiculous. It's failed. No, insane. we have just merely it's not succeeded insane. as much as we wanted to, and have been set back on our path to the ultimate success. Like, and out. again, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for the Astralis players in all of this because my understanding was they were like, "Look, we've got to get separated. We're getting crucified publicly because of this. We shouldn't have to deal with that. We'll sign until 2021 because it's, it helps everybody financially, right? It helps us, helps you, brings investors in, makes sure we all get a piece. You know, whatever." We'll do it, but publicly, this has to be the messaging. And then Nicola Nyam goes and does that. It, it's unbelievable. Like, I, you know, the, and the players are going to get all the shit. I'm so, going to say, you know what? I shouldn't even say this because it's actually, in, in theory, going to make it harder for me to nail these fucks. But I know they're so arrogant they won't do it. So I don't oh, mind no, saying it. If you're going to hire a PR department and you have a whole department called communications, maybe let those guys do the talking. Why are you doing the talking? You don't know the rules of PR. You're just a guy who runs a company. So, like, let the guy whose job it is literally to craft your brand and make sure you're always on message and all that shit. Let him handle it all. Tell him what you want him to say and have him say Now, I say that because I know they're so arrogant they won't do it. They'll keep thinking. Because that's the real problem here, Richard. You can confirm this, mate. 
Mm. It, it's the same as the classic example I always give because it reminds me of it so much of that Pietro Fringuelli Wiesa interview that he did at the press yeah. conference. Him and Ralph Reichardt, right? Because the real problem is this. It's not even just that they said th things that were a bit silly or that were easy to pick apart or transparent or sometimes even put their foot directly in it. The most disturbing part is that you just know when they walked away in their mind they went, Fucking nailed that, didn't I? It's I like, know. No, you utterly failed it. Like almost as bad as it could be. And they're like, fucking can't touch me. I'm just walking on water, moonwalking backwards across water. Like, you aren't doing any of that. You did none of that, mate. It's fucking unreal, isn't it? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the event then. Uh, team Liquid won it, didn't drop a map. Now um, they're the number one team of the world. Finally. <laughs> yeah, finally they're going to blast under the, exactly. uh, under the belt. Um, but, you know, look. There's not really a lot to talk about event-wise because I think the format is just so silly. Um, but there were a couple of things that did leap out to me. Uh, there's not really anything to say about Liquid. We know they're the best team in the world. If you think it's anyone else, you just straight in fucking denial. They breeze through this tournament um, no, without any problems. Uh, NAF got the MVP. Again, it just underlines the strength and depth. It also just squad. wasn't... Like, let's face it, it wasn't a tournament, unfortunately. Actually, no fault of blasts. It mm. just so happens, unfortunately, that the top three teams in the world, they're not only one of them's a blast team, which is Team Liquid. Like, Ents apparently is going to sign with them, I believe they said, but aren't at this event. Vitality obviously aren't involved with blast anyway. So the real problem is, the real irony here is the one event you didn't want Astralis to miss was probably this fucking blast, because I'd actually like yeah. to have seen those two teams play a match. So, unfortunately, you look at the teams they had now, realistically, only NRG and FaZe were really going to test. It, it was, I mean, it, yeah, it was a it was a pretty, uh, you know, uh, circumstantially, it was a weak field. I'll say it, this, though, Richard. It, it wasn't field, when they originally booked it. The idea you got those six teams for an event in LA and only got mm. 280 people into the stadium is mental. Yeah. Look at the six teams, Cloud9, Team Liquid, yeah. NRG. They're the top three NA teams. MIBR live in the region. Renegades play in the region. And FaZe Clan have some of the most famous players to ever play a CSGO. I know. At this really? point in time, like, did you... Did you, did all the players' family just come out? Was there no actual fans there? What was this? 280 fans? Yeah. Holy shit. Crazy. And again, what they'll do is, I, I called this on my live stream talking about it. They'll, uh, they'll, do, they'll do the old footfall thing. Total visitors. There we go. That's how they'll roll. Everyone goes in and out seven yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 well, the turnstile ticked over 7,000 times. I mean, you know, there'll be no way on God's green earth there was ever 7,000 people sniffing around. But they'll they'll bolster the numbers. It'll it'll somehow end up in the thousands. Um, and they'll probably massage the ever-living shit out of the viewing numbers. I got a guy now, by the way, who... Um, uh, who breaks down viewing numbers to check how many people are like, how many accounts are just idle. Oh, and by the way, I forgot this detail as well. I can't believe I forgot this, but let's be yeah. real. Like, it's not like it was just the venue that caused them to only be able to do 280 people there as well. Cause let's face mm. it. We know they had the connection to get as many seats as they wanted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, cause, cause I was looking at the overwatch numbers uh, for an article I'm working on. So I've got a guy who's got this like piece of software. It looks at like how many people are in a stream and how many people are actually interacting and talking okay. and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, there was, there was just a, like the, the viewers, there was, it was like a third of the viewers were just idle and not interacting in chat, which, you know, for a CSGO stream with no drops is kind of weird. So I'm not saying anything about that. I'm not, but, but the viewership was, wasn't great either. 
Um, and uh, I think that they're going to have to work very hard to dress up these numbers, very hard indeed. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, quick little thought about Cloud9, because it was the first time we saw their new lineup uh, play. Uh, a lot of people, um, it's kind of weird because a lot of people were talking about how it showed promise because they won a single map. It beat FaZe. But it was against FaZe. But it's the best of one. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know about that. <clears throat> the one thing I will say is what, what stood out for me as a positive was uh, Tens because he's a young kid and, you know, he's like 15, 16 question is will, will he be able to, to hang at the highest level you know because you see these kids who they they they're great online but they don't adjust to the LAN environment and the team environment and the structure well I thought tens played very well um reminiscent of you know when oboe had kind of his breakout with uh, complexity uh, and just shows how much young talent there is in NA if it can be properly harnessed but I'm not as excited uh, I also saw they did this thing where because they got a win and a draw, at this event, they jumped up 281 places in the HLTV rankings. And a lot of people were upset about that. Two thoughts on that are this. They should ne probably never have been that low anyway. <laughs> they should probably never have been something like fucking 300th in the world. That, that That's stupid. Um, and, and people were upset saying, well, if other teams don't get invites, then I'm going to jump up. Agreed. But again, the Cloud9 were at a very artificially low position for the roster that they had because they just weren't active. And the last few rosters they then had completely crapped out at tournaments. And they, you know, they didn't qualify to even get into the minors qualifiers and stuff like that. So, um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm still pretty ambivalent uh, about this lineup. I'm going to wait and see. But I thought 10 showed some promise, and, and that might be enough to make them a non-ordinary team. if they, you know, Because they've still got automatic. That's the <coughs> game leader that I respect. I always thought Mixwell was very harshly done by, with, by, by just the way things panned out at Optic. And uh, Daps is the kind of in-game leader that can get the best out of Cooster, even though I always think Cooster's a fucking train wreck waiting to happen, you know. But um, I don't know if you paid any attention to Cloud9. I only watched a couple of the games. Um, yeah. From what I saw, like the main problem this team has is it actually reminds me a lot of the mouse sports team that Carrigan inherited. But the key distinction is, because the reason that I see a similarity is there were so many question marks across that team, like Rops' form had mm. dropped off, Roxit, you never played in a real team before, really, you know. Obviously, you had Frozen, some unknown guy in terms of the pro level. Will he make it? Will he fail? Similar in this sense. So the problem I have with this team is, I think Mouse Sports got almost like the dream scenario. Almost every single one of those question marks turned out to be sort of like a tick. Like, it worked out. Yeah. It worked as you hope. The problem with Cloud9 is they have all these question marks. You've got the angle of, like, Tens is literally brand new to the pro level. Maybe it's too soon for him. You know, maybe he's a pro in two years and he's really good, but you have him for this year. Then you've got Mixwell, hasn't played at the top level for ages, has been off playing in Spain. Will he be a good player again? He had the odd moment here that looked good. It's his first time <clears> back. Can't say too much. Obviously, you have Cooster being resurrected from the dead seemingly, just playing off in Ghost, no chance to play majors. So the problem is you've got, again, a lot of question marks. So, listen, I think Daps is a very capable leader. We'll see how he goes about addressing them. He isn't Carrigan, though. So, like, the idea that you're going to get all the question marks in the ticks like Mouse Sports did, I don't really buy that myself. So, for me, I do think the lineup itself has the promise, and I think you can certainly build from it. Like you said, if you've got Daps, if you've got Automatic, if Mixwell, who we have seen in the past, be a good player, gets it together – 
even that's like a nice base to build from. Then if one of Kustraw tens shows mm. high level play, great. I'd probably guess at this point in time, more likely tens. I think I've seen enough from Kuster. So okay, even if it's just that, well, that means you're only one roster move away from a pretty decent lineup. So it's to me, it's more like this lineup, probably not going to do it. Probably not going to be a top 10 team and have deep finishes and big wins. But I feel like this core unlike the last few where there's been obvious problems that stop them from building. I feel like you can build from this core. I feel like it's got some decent pieces again so that you're only a couple of good moves and then you're right back in the mix again. You're right up with the NRGs of the world. Yeah. Um, so, you know, look, uh, continuation for Liquid. Uh, I mean, FaZe made the final, but I mean, that's not really, you know, Neo is still terrible. The uh, one that that's the killer was, I agree. I didn't think that phase themselves were that sick. I look at NRG nah. and I'm like, Stanislaw, you're supposed to be delivering me. They didn't bring you in to lose to phase. Like in a tournament like this, you're yeah. supposed to be second. Let's be real, you know. I mean, you know, I, I, what I was expecting when NRG brought in Stan, I was expecting the honeymoon period to immediately kick in. Sure. And Stan is in good form player wise. So. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So, uh, it's it's disappointing where NRG really haven't uh, delivered, and you're kind of in that hopeful place now where it's like, okay, well, maybe, you know, give it a month. But if, if they don't show some improvement really soon, like, this might be uh, actually a backward step overall from where they were at with DAPS. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see. But, yeah, I, I thought NRG really had to be sort of in the final for this because, you know, you look at FaZe, uh, I, again, no, no disrespect to uh, Neo, obviously for the career that he's had, but it's got to, it. It needs to end. Like every game you turn up and play this poorly, you are really diminishing the overall impact of your legacy. I understand that you're meant to be an in-game leader now. I, I'm not seeing anything there that makes me think you're doing a good job at that. I think FaZe is struggling in games. It was it was almost like a layup to get to the final here. And and as as we said, they did lose a best of one to the new lineup, which it, they're the lineup you should be able to exploit as a veteran oh, game leader. So Yanko, uh, you know, what well, well, we know, Yanko obviously is having a lot more input now that Neo's in the team because the fucking the blast leaked his fucking comms Wasn't in the middle. Amazing. By the way, oh, I know. Yeah. I'll give you some insight on that as well. Yeah, like please. that's something where, as far as I know, just a few things I've reached out about. No one was ever in, inquired about that or asked if it was the thing. No, I, no, I even no. heard that internally there was people who thought, like, maybe you, that's not even the right move to do. But for whatever reason, whoever makes the ultimate decisions decided this is a great fucking little... Again, they probably just did the same bullshit. It's intimate, Ooh, unexpected, oh, well, a unique aspect. You basically just hot mic someone during a tactical timeout or whatever in a scenario where, again, where was the player outrage? Explain that to me. The yeah. same players who have explained no, to be fair, there were, to be fair, Fallen did. Uh, there was a couple of people. Yeah, there were a couple of tweets. Um, you know, in that situation, it's like, listen, I think um, if if there'll probably be a contract so, somewhere that the orgs have signed where oh, it allows them to do this. It's probably in the massive thing <clears throat> you scroll through, yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, from a, from a TV perspective, I, I, I think it's fine. And I, you, but it cannot be during the game it like it simply cannot because i have no idea if that broadcast was going out live as it as it was i think it i think it was i think the people who were in the venue were watching the broadcast essentially so that's a huge problem especially with the sound issues that we had because now you have just taken a fucking strat 
that was going to be in a live game and put it out into a fucking stadium where people can hear it, including the other team and the other coach of the other team. So that's really bad. If it was just going out at home, there's still a way that information could be relayed with all the fuckery that goes on at the land. So it's still not ideal, but I have less of a problem with it. And if it was done after the fact, if it was like, well, let's take a look at what Yanko did in the timeout as part of a post-game segment, then nobody should cry about that. So that's my opinion on it. But I think the way it was handled was really, really bad, especially as clearly nobody knew it was going to happen. Nobody agreed to it. No, but nobody from production said, by the way, coaches, you know, you're going to be there. So, yeah, they effectively got hot mic'd. I mean, wasn't the first hot oh, mic'd by the way, of the event because I had to hear Jordan say he needed a piss. That's true. One thing I want to ask about actually was, did was the segment that they did with this, was it, I saw the segment, but was it live though? Or was it something that had just happened a few minutes earlier? Um, it was, it was literally, it was literally the time out. Um, that that like I can't I can't remember if it was live or just after. Like, is but, there anyone but, in the chat who knows? Like, which but but, but like, regardless, switching the camera. No, but I mean, in my sense, I I also wonder like if there was no delay, I'd also mm. be concerned about that. You don't, especially some of the teams who are from other countries that don't it, speak yeah. English. Some of them would say some wild shit that could get fucking hot mic'd. So there you go. It was just it was it was just after, but they but during the half time. Okay. So, in it's other not words, it's it, it's not as bad, but there's still there's still an opportunity for that information to get relayed to the sure. team. So, um, you know, I, like like I I think we do need to come to a compromise about how we do handle broadcasts because they're very dry, and more and more people want to see behind the veil, and it's like it's very common in sports that you know, listen, if someone's doing a huddle, someone sticks a camera in. Sure, you know what are they saying? Um, you know, and if they hear bad language, they just apologize and we just get on with it. Sure. But the, the, the whole point is you have that level of insight. You know, what's Tom Brady going to say in the hurdle? What, what's going to happen here? But the difference there is from sports to esports, there is no way that information gets fucking beamed out to the opponents on the field. That's the problem. So uh, for me, poorly handled, not really a surprise. But anyway, um, yeah, just not feeling uh, phase, phase with Neo. I think he's too much of a weak link. Uh, when you consider the overall drop-off and some of the other stars, they just can't get away with it. It's putting too much pressure on Rain and Nico and, and Guardian, really. But, I mean, you know, to, like, suddenly find these, like, unbelievable level of performances, it's just not, not going to work. So um, here's yeah, the thing: they, I know no one wants to hear this. No one, especially not people in phase. It's time yeah. to break the whole phase team up. And you know yeah, what? I'd yeah, even go agree. harsh. I'd say something like, "You know what? <clears throat> Obviously, we're keeping Nico because that goes without saying. He's the crown jewel of the piece. He's still good." But I would yeah. even say, "We're keeping Nico and one other player max. You can pick who it is if you want Nico, but no other motherfucker stay. Maybe Yanko stays as coach. That's about it. Because at this point in time, what was it? Just Carrigan's fault, was it? Was it Adren's fault, was it? Was it Neil's fault? It can't be a... What? It looks like no one can play with you motherfuckers. Like, well, that's not like my fault. You, you saw the rain interview. You saw the rain interview. Mate, that nails exactly what we speculated on yeah, earlier. Where course, we said, yeah. who do you think it was who kicked him out? I told you it wouldn't be rain. Because think about it, rain no. was fucking... Uh, metaphorically, he was nobody before Carrigan. He was just yeah. a good player. That was it. Well, after Carrigan, he was a champion. Guys should be winning every tournament. Like... 
a guy like that doesn't just overlook that and go, well, you did have those few bad months at the end. Like, no, someone like him, basically, it, it was always going to be the case, unless FaZe did just go right back to the top, he was always going to second-guess that move. But I've no doubt in the moment you had to do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I say, I, I think... Um... Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a project that's really ran its course, um, and I agree. I think it's time for some radical radical changes. Olaf back to Sweden. Maybe Guardian retires. Maybe he has one last hurrah on one of these CIS teams or something. Um, Nico, you can build around him. Like Nico and Rain is a duo you can build around. Oh, sure. But, and also, yeah. by the way, maybe that's even the the way it gets done in a way that doesn't have to be nasty. Is let's face yeah. it, the people they're removing are people who have no business being in this fucking team right now. Like Olaf Meister and Neo shouldn't even be there. They're only there because mm -hmm. their names are Olaf and Neo. That's it. Nothing they're doing the server just because they have the names Olaf Meister and Neo. Now. Guardian, he, listen, mate, as far as I can tell, Guardian's one of these people might be able to play forever. But he has also himself constantly said he wants to retire and he wants to move away and it's his last team. He wants to transition away and he's getting older and he's married. You know, it's like he's still sown the seeds for that himself. So at least a couple of these people, even if you out, out, outright have to tell them, listen, when the contract runs out, we're just not going to resign it. I don't think it's unfair at this point in time. There doesn't have to be any bad blood. You can do it all in a, in, a, in an amicable way, I think. Mm. So uh, let's get into the other big talking point that was going on uh, this week because there's just been so much CS going on. You know, we've hit that period at the uh, you know in the middle of the summer where it's just fucking events everywhere. But this this generated a lot of uh, controversy, and I, you know, I wonder if we're going to hold the same opinion on this. It'll be interesting because okay. uh, we haven't talked about it. Obviously, uh, it was um, Vitality. Uh, you know, they came out of ESL One Cologne, and they had a commitment where they had to go to uh, the ESEA Global Challenge, right? Because they they had to play through, um, you know, so they could get their spot in ESEA, the higher-up um, league next season. Uh, and basically, it started out where they were playing, they were playing teams that sort of weren't really in the same caliber as them. And I was watching clips like RPK was orping, and uh, they were battering Team Spirit. There was a great clip where fucking some player uh, fucking lost his shit because fucking Zewu just fucking peeked around and fucking one digged him. And he was trying to make out that it was like some bullshit. Like, but of course, this kid's fucking nutty as fuck. And he's doing it LAN all the time. And I thought it was funny because I think they only play with that eye disbalance guy, but whatever. Irrelevant. Um, and everyone was having a good laugh, saying, look, man, look at Team Vitality, wrecking these teams, not trying hard, having some fun. It's really good to see. Look at them going for knives. Da, 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 da. And there was a few people who were a little bit upset by it. But then they went into a, a, a win with Furia. Sorry, a, a match with Furia. <clears throat> and they had to win it to progress in the tournament. But by that point, they'd done enough to secure their spot for next season. And they continued to fuck around. And Fury, who really need to take wins against high-level opposition, they've had a bit of a rough time lately, they were fucking around slightly less, let's put it that way. Uh, and uh, Vitality got beat, and everybody came out and said, I mean, th th there was a spectrum of argumentation. The first was <clears throat> that uh, it was, ma was match-fixing at the extreme end because they didn't try in the game, so they effectively threw it. Okay. At the other end, it was that it was really unprofessional and disrespectful to the league. Now, what I would have done if I was in Team Vitality shoes is I would have said nothing. But MBK came out and basically said, listen, 
we weren't allowed to forfeit this tournament or we would have lost our EPL slot as well. So you double up, you lose the SEA again, which is the only reason they were in this mess from having to come sure. through and play their way through the ranks against clearly inferior opposition. Um, but they would have lost their EPL slot, which obviously is a really big deal. So they had to turn up and honor it. So he said, it's a sad situation, but now we are fully focused on the IEM Chicago, which was just a few days later. And, you know, you've got, you've had ESL one call and <laughs> IEM Chicago in very close proximity. And they had this online, you know, they had this uh, other land commitment in the middle. And he said, anyway, we will give it our all there, fully focused and ready to play our best CS. So obviously the community lost their shit. Um, and I, I don't know, I'll get your opinions first. What did you make of all of this? Yeah, the main problem with this whole scenario, I have to say, it starts out with the way that ESL has structured Pro League and Mountain yeah. Dew League slash ESEA Premier, basically, or whatever the fuck they call that league. Mm -hmm. Because the real problem is, everyone knows this, and we all learned it because of the story of Virtus Pro, didn't we? Because there was years and years where you kept thinking, right, finally, Virtus Pro's out of Pro League, but magically they'd get back in. And obviously then later, as Pro League became essentially full, you had all these new teams come along, like the Ensers of the World, and they all had to start out in the Premier Mountain Dew League thingamajig to get them way into Pro League. So basically, the problem is this. Not every season of Premier or Mountain Dew League counts to get you in a Pro League. So then you have teams that skip it, or then they wait for the one that can get you in. And the problem here was that they didn't make the tournament all one thing because this finals obviously takes place between EU and NA. So the problem is two days earlier, Vitality had already won the match that got them a pro league spot. So as mm. they say, they basically are the equivalent of the fucking Marshawn Lynch interview where he turns up to the press conference and says, I'm just here, not so I don't get fired. Fined. That's what them appearing <laughs> about the line was. Yeah. They basically were just saying, listen, we didn't outright throw the game. We didn't try and lose every round, but we didn't try. You know, when we lost to Fury, it doesn't, you know, I want people to know in a way, Wink, does it count though? Hadn't I already qualified? Well, here's the problem I have with that yeah. is as a person, I don't like it. I feel like every tournament you play in, you should at least try. Now, listen, in this scenario, if you tried your hardest, lost anyway to a team that, by the way, you have lost to before. You lost to Dream Up Masters Dallas. It's not like it's impossible to lose Furia. If you then lose to them and you say in an interview, listen, I tried, but you know what? I had already qualified for Pro League. I've had a very busy tournament circuit. And so I don't know if my head was at 100%. I don't know if in the game I was fully focused. You know, maybe I was fucking around a bit, but I did try. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I have no problem with that. So whatsoever like i say i would try personally i'll also say i do not think you should be punished because i think actually as soon as you get into the murky territory of trying to decide in a normal vaguely normal game like if someone was actually throwing or not well now you're going to get into all sorts of scenarios where i'm saying this in purely good faith how are you then going to tell me when jw mains a fucking shotgun in 2015 now that was fine what is that not yeah. throwing the game to play a gun that's not a meta gun or viable for most players no See what I mean? It's very so. The problem I have is you can't really know in most cases when someone's throwing just by watching the game. You can tell if they're dicking around a bit, but people dick around in real games. I mean, logically, simple through a fucking game with a knife at ESL Cologne. Like, what is it? Was he trying his hardest? No, if he'd used a gun and shot the guy, he would instantly have won the whole game. So, the point there is like, I don't really like it, and I personally don't think as competitors, especially not legendary competitors like NBK, I don't think you should be yeah. doing that, mate. Just play the fucking game properly. But I also do think you shouldn't really be punished. Like, unfortunately, this is just a circumstance where <coughs> someone created a scenario where you're not that incentivized, really. So I can't fully fuck, like, I can't say yeah. it's, it's Vitality's fault entirely. So, so there's a little bit of additional context here, just so people understand how long the, the season has been. They had to play 17 online best of one. 
and then they had to play uh, two best of threes, and 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 then the best of three they lost in Dallas. So that is that is a fucking lot, and the fact they had to do it in Dallas when you know this is ostensibly a European component of ESEA, and it's only twenty five thousand dollars for the winner. So listen, I'm not saying that you know that's to be fucking sniffed at, but when you're regularly competing in tournaments where you walk away with 125 grand, 25 grand doesn't have the same allure. Now that oh, being gosh. said, now that being said, that's just to contextualize it. My my opinion is this: the the like any format that it it sort of there's an or any circuit where there's an inducement to lose, you generally place the blame on that. But there's a much bigger picture here that Vitality really you've got to start getting savvy of. All CS GoPros have. We now have betting sponsors. We now have esports betting. It's only going to expand as the laws in America change. And the the big picture awareness here is if you if you go in knowing ahead of time that you're going to not try, and maybe you've said that to one or two people, maybe you've told one or two friends, maybe some people in the know who just happen to know you and aren't directly linked to CSGO know you're going to do that, they can go out now and make a killing by betting on the underdog. And now you have created, not match fixing, but you have created a type of financial corruption within gambling that's very, very serious. And in a real sport, this would be investigated and suspensions would probably be handed out. That's just the reality. Now, I understand a lot of people who were upset at Vitality. Probably it's worth salty little betters, you know. I went on an illegal Chinese skin site and you've just cost me a fucking... I don't even know the name of skins. Fuck them. You just cost me a karambit fade. Eh, re. Like, fuck that, right? I mean, you know, I've got no I've got no truck with those people. But the reality is the fact they made it so obvious they weren't trying. It's like, if you're not going to try, just dress it up a little bit. Just play it 70%. We all know you've got the capacity to do it. You have a close series with Furia, which you lose. And you go, bloody hell, great game. We were a little bit tired, but the plus side is we get to go and focus on Chicago. No, instead, you release a tweet that unequivocally says, yeah, we were fucking around because we'd already qualified, so who gives a fuck? And we, um, Chicago is more important to us. So that denigrates the entire league. Uh, it denigrates your opponents. It oh, creates no, no, a gambling oh, problem. I forgot to mention one thing as well. The mm. reason why, I, for, oh, I can't remember if I got this, because this was the key reason why people were so upset, is yeah. remember, the difference is, Furia had their coach standing in. Yeah. That was yeah. the key thing. So obviously they weren't supposed to win. For so that the reason. odds the odds were massively in Vitality's favor. Yeah. The odds were that's, massively That's the part I forgot to add, because that yeah. part does make it look really bad, like you threw the game. Because let's be real. If you had a gun to Vitality's head, and you said, beat a team that you've gone back and forth with, but they have their coach playing, and you die if you don't win. You think they play that way? I don't think so somehow. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they came out and basically admitted that they weren't trying is really, really bad. And um, Which if is I was also what players can never stop themselves from doing. No, they I always have to do this because they've got such big egos. Ego. can't handle. Yeah. Like here's the thing. If here's the thing, NBK, you could have done every single thing you just did, and as long as you don't make the comment at the end implying you're through, you get away mm. with it, mate. But you had to say it so that people wouldn't believe they really beat you, didn't you? Well, that's the problem. You can't have it both ways, mate. You have to pick one. Yeah, and 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 look, this is this is my take on it. I think all the people calling for Valve to issue some sort of punitive measures are just fucking out of their mind because the reason that I buy power got banned, which is what everyone goes back to, the reason they got banned is 
they fixed an outcome of a, a meaningless game and bet on it themselves. Exactly. And if there was any evidence of Vitality doing that, absolutely, it would have to be a lifetime ban. But they didn't place bets. Now you can argue if there was ever any proof that they communicated with friends and said, listen, bet on Furia for this game. They need maybe not a lifetime ban, but they do need a serious ban for that. Um, but again, there's no evidence or you can't even infer that they did that. So the only people who should be taking any action against Vitality at ESEA, and if I was them, I absolutely would, because the 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 precedent it sets to have people play in your league, not try, fuck around, and you understand the, the water gets murky because they were fucking around all tournament, but they were fucking around and winning. Now, this could have been nipped in the bud if an admin or someone from ESEA had said, listen, we understand that you're having fun. We understand you're letting off some steam privately between us. We know you won your games. Please don't do that as the tournament proceeds. Again, this could have all been handled in a much more professional way. No one did it because no one gives a fuck until we, we're sat in a fucking scandal. But the reality is if I was ESEA, I'd, I, I absolutely would, for the, for the integrity of the league, take some punitive measures. Now, what that looks like, I don't know. Maybe you kick them out altogether and make them go through the process again. Uh, maybe you dock them some points at the start of the season, making it impossible for them to win. Um, I don't know what it would be, but if I was ESEA, I'd absolutely issue a punishment. Uh, and again, classic ESEA, they haven't said a fucking word. I don't know if you agree about that, but I, would, I definitely would punish them. <clears throat> um, I would say like ESEA slash ESL should, yeah, because like the real problem here is they did make a mockery of the tournament itself. That's the real mm. issue here. And the difference is, and the distinction I'll make again, is, like I say, if they didn't admit it themselves, you can just argue we had a bad game. What, am I allowed to have a bad game? Is Zero not allowed to just have an off match? Am I not mm. allowed to just buy a shotgun? Of course I am. But when you make it blatant by saying, well, like, basically, like, why should I care? It's like, no, that isn't the defense, mate. That isn't the defense you want to be going with. Because, yeah, as you say, like, this isn't just one land. This tournament is a side corollary of the process to get to Pro League, which you wanted. You're the ones mm. that have been crying about no invites. We're not in the... Well, guess what? You have to work your way through it like everyone else does. So if you've already done 90... But like, that's the part I don't get, really. The part I can't sympathize with the players on is where they do that angle. I saw the HLTV.org guy was trying to do that, like... They played 19 best of ones online and then 17 online. So then just play two more for fuck's sake. Do two more and finish it. Yeah. Well, that makes less sense. Like, say, imagine me saying that. Oh, but I just spent fucking months doing this project. So when I fucked it all up at the end and ruined it for everyone, why is that a problem suddenly? It's like, you've just answered your own question, haven't you? If this was a one-day tournament, I'd get it if you just go, eh, whatever, we qualified anyway. So... That's the problem. I, I agree. The person who should punish them shouldn't be Valve. I don't even think their team should punish them. I think it probably should just be ESEA, just so, to set the precedent that like teams can't do this every time. Because there's going to be more examples like this, where you get a team that's a brand new org, therefore they don't have a slot in a league, uh, but mm -hmm. they end up getting one of the best teams in the world, and some Vitality have both done it, and they're going to have to go through this process. So imagine everyone just dicks around and makes a mockery of the finals. What's yeah. the point? Like, yeah. what about the team? Here's the thing you need to think about, Vitality. And seriously, if you're listening, just think about this one fact alone. Ignore all the rest if you want. Think about this. 
There's a team that you beat out for a spot at this land that fucking wants that money, mate, that would kill for that money. And you yep. fuck them out of that money by taking their spot. And then basically, you almost have match fixed. You've almost just given Fury of the fucking prize money that that other team might have gone ham and try and beat them for. Like, that's the angle I'd say if, you've, if you're MBK and the rest of them. It's like, look what you're doing to your fellow players, mate. Come on. Respect yeah, but not that. yeah, but not not just your fellow players. As I said, the, the the bigger picture here. This is what I mean about pros. Like a lot of people listen to pros, and it's like you have to understand how dialed in they are on their own shit, not on anything else. Oh, right? of course. Here's all the negatives that come out of fucking around in a tournament to that degree, where it's that obvious, and then you come out and say, "Hey, everyone, we were just fucking around. We'd rather win Chicago." So first of all, like you say, great point. Um, you know, there's another team who would have really, really tried hard, would love the chance to have played Fury, would love the chance to have maybe made the final, you know, maybe win $25,000. Like, you know, think Could about be a big like, deal for those guys. Yeah, think about guys level. like Windigo or whatever. You know what I mean? Like when they went out to China and they won all that money, you know, it's sure. life changing. It's life changing. Um, so you have that. Then you've got obviously ESEA's league itself. Well, they have sponsors. And let me tell you, when your league is considered so much a joke that people aren't trying in it because it's irrelevant, because because the prize money isn't as big as other ones, or you'd rather go and play in another tournament and you publicly say so, you definitely hurt that tournament getting sponsors next time around. Sponsors, because spon you have calls when you're league ops and sponsors when you run in a league, and, and they say, well, why, why was that game shit? Why is all this controversy? Why is no one talking about, you know, the positives of a sponsor in that league? Uh, and instead, everyone's, you know, all the, all the activations we did, or the segments we did, why is everyone talking about match fixing going on? Yeah, we'll pass for oh, next Oh, there's a world where you might have fucked the whole season in the sponsors. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, thought that one, but it's totally. accurate. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, I know that, I know that from d doing what I do. So the the reality is that MBK, like, sure, you get to focus on Chicago, but you fucked over so many other people to basically get out of a tournament two best of threes earlier than, than you potentially could have done. And again, you just made it too obvious and then came out and basically doubled down and said it was okay. So if, if I'm if, if I'm ESEA, um, I, I, I literally would, uh, I think you have to in good conscience take some punitive measures against them. I don't know what it is. I don't know how serious you want to make it. I think kicking them out of the league is on the table, frankly. But um, but I but I think more likely you either make it so they have to forfeit any prize money they win, or you take away their uh, you give them like a minus twelve point starting, which would make it now impossible for them to win or something like that. Okay. But I think they have to take action. You can't let that be the norm. Oh, I agree. For your league. I definitely agree on that angle in terms of the, the TO of this specific tournament. Yeah. The middle yeah, of the and, 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 and just to wrap it up, the other thing people forget, I buy power would never have been banned by Valve if they had just taken the Sevo punishment and not and, and basically not denied that they threw the game. Always remember that. That if they, I wouldn't even have pushed Valve as hard as I did. If they just come out and publicly admitted it instead of lying and trying to gaslight me and say I was wrong. If I by power had just said, yeah, we fixed that match. They would have took the slap on the wrist. That would have been the end of it. And and literally, this, this has been said many times over. I know this. Valve obviously didn't want to get involved. 
But when the evidence was irrefutable after a six-month investigation, they had to ban them. Now, if they just took it, uh, you know, we were, if they just took it on the wrist from Sevo, we would never have got to a point where Valve were involved because I would never have kept pushing. I would never have got the phone. I would never have got the text messages. I would never have got the, you know, pathways to where all the bets were placed because we would have stopped the investigation because there would have been nothing to investigate because they would have admitted it. It's one of the worst decisions in Counter-Strike history. You could have been banned for two years from Sevo and maybe ESEA as well or banned for life from the majors and any valve tournament and everyone else following suit because they're terrified so if, if esea do issue a punishment here take it quietly vitality don't speak up so uh anyway the other thing i can't uh, imagine that a french csgo team is going to do that though i'm afraid richard and i have to say there's the angle actually just to wrap it all up that that's mm. probably the most disappointing about that whole topic is you can't ever have a rational discussion when you're talking about any of the top teams or players in the world. There are people in this world whose brain works like this, but Ziwu is the best player. Therefore, whatever he did must be in the right. Mm. It's like, there are actually people like that in the world. Oh, I know. That's crazy. So I, I've no doubt if ESEA punishes them, like, like you're saying, maybe even the league spot. Sadly, ESEA will be the one that gets fucking wrecked by the community, even though I wouldn't blame them. I'm sure, it'd be harsh, but I could see the precedent for it being set. So let's talk about Star Ladder. We've got about 30 minutes left, 30, 40 minutes left. Uh, so let's get into Star Ladder. Obviously, Star Ladder hosting the uh, Major in Berlin hasn't got off to an auspicious start, let's say. Uh, obviously, we're not going to talk about the Miners. We'll talk about that when they're over. Uh, so next week sometime. Uh, we're not going to talk about IEM Chicago on the show. We'll wait until it's over. So we'll talk about that next week sometime. But there's been a lot of news coming out um, around the um, Star Ladder major in berlin which it is reminiscent of what happened with the whole face it situation in london so let's just start with the news that dk put out you know you you made a tweet uh the day before this came out where you said you'll never work you, you don't think you'll ever work another major again but you're proud to have worked six uh you know and and and, and that's that um and obviously you've been out of the major loop for for some time for a variety of reasons I think is that you've missed the last three or four? Uh, four. The last yeah. one I did was E-League Atlanta. Right. So, obviously... And to be fair, two of those were in Poland. Yeah. So I was just <laughs> and one say... of them I was actually invited to, but again, it was in Poland, <laughs> yeah. so I did not accept that invitation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the ones in Poland don't count. You can go look up why. Uh, E-League don't uh, like I, but when we, we, no, it's cause you said no Boston. to the, it's cause you yeah, it's cause you said no for the clash for cash or something, yes. right? They, for whatever reason that just turned them off. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously face it London. Yes. Which goes without saying. Yeah. Face it bunch of cunts, chickens and eggs, all that, yeah. you know, the rest. Yeah. Was it the chicken yeah. or the egg first? <laughs> Who knows? It, just know that. Un, un, it was unlimited speculation about that. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, so I mean, listen, I, I, I think they're all like people say people have crafted this theory uh, that Thorin doesn't get invited to the majors. First of all, not true, because they even still try and get him a go with the ones in Poland, uh, which which should be absolutely. What plebs will never realize is every six months I have people from big orgs basically say something like, is there no way I could get you to an event in Brazil? People ask me these things still. 
Years I later, even when I've told them a million times, no, not interested. It's not something I need to. So I'm, I'm just putting that out there for people who really believe that. It's like, no, you can never get invited. And, it's like, all right, mate, whatever you and, do. And, and just so people know, because we are going to go into Star Ladder here, uh, and, you, and people are going to say, oh, this is what you guys always do. You always go after the uh, organizations that don't invite you. Well, for whatever reason, and we'll talk about it, they didn't invite Thorin, but they did reach out to me. So this isn't this isn't one of those times. So um, it's just that because I'm between jobs, I couldn't. Uh, well, I, you know, I couldn't travel, um, and and I, you know, and I told him I'm not doing events anyway. But you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe we do the minors together, and and maybe we do the majors. But I just, I just. I just put it down. I just stopped the discussion because it was super nice of them to reach out. I always like that I'm being thought of, but the reality is I've said I won't do events again unless I control the events because it's too dangerous to do events and I'm not getting killed by some fucking idiot uh, who didn't like a tweet. People can say that's fucking paranoid or whatever. It's a matter of time before it happens to someone in esports, so, and it ain't going to fucking be me, right? I like having my opinions. Thank you very much, so I'm not going to calm down. And I am all, I also like existing, so I'm not going to go to events. So, you know, that's just how it works. Um, so, so anyway, they, they, I'm going to criticize them. Um, and it has absolutely nothing to do with me having any negative personal relationship with them. Starlight have reached out to me to do events on a number of occasions prior to this. I've turned them down every time. I think they're a good company. I think they've done lots of good work, but I think, I think we're already off to a bad start with the major. So let's talk about why. So first of all, it seems incredible to me that with your relationship at Star Series and Star Ladder, um, where you've always been very glowing about them, despite stuff going on behind the scenes, um, you know, that I know about, where you've had arguments with certain members of staff sure. quite publicly on Twitter, um, you know, some of them, it always seems to have got smoothed out and they've always made good use of your talents and they've always included you. Um, in the events, so for them to not use you at a major, I think it took a lot of people by surprise because when they, when it was announced they got it, everyone said, "Wow, Duncan's going back to a major." You know, you saw all the threads on Reddit. Duncan's going to be back. So, in your perception, like, what? Why would they? And again, I, listen. There's another part to this. Just before I get your thoughts, and that is that I absolutely have to respect. Uh, a tournament organizer's choice to work with whoever they want, but it must always be justified, and it cannot be petty politics, and it should be about broadcast first, community first, because it's the major, it's meant to be a celebration of CSGO. So all the criticism we had to face it, you can pick who you want, but when you're paying a chicken more than you're paying your analysts, yeah, I'm going to criticize you. When you're bringing in someone who's never analyzed an event before, um, uh, you, you know, t straight to the majors, and you, you were not going to use sponge until we fucking started beating the drum about it. Yeah, I'm going to criticize you because that doesn't serve the community. It doesn't serve Counter Strike. It doesn't serve your broadcast. It's not about me and Duncan. That's the reality. Like I love this fucking game, you know. And and I, and and the majors should be should be something special. And I think if you do anything to make them not special, and you cannot justify it, you deserve criticism for that. So anyway, so. I, what's the fucking story? Like, why, why the why the fuck are you not at an event that should have been a shoe in for you? Well, the interesting part of the story is this: 
this entire thing only happened because of me, basically. Because what happened was, over the last two months, every time I see or talk to people who are top talent, they always say, so are you doing the major then? Like, have you had your negotiation? And I always tell them, like, no, I actually uh, haven't heard at all from Starledger about the major at any point ever. I mean, I, all I'd ever heard was before they got the major, the concept that, like, you know, we're making a pitch for a major and we hope we get it, etc. Mm. And then what happened was... Every other, the reason why all those other talent are saying that to me is because they're in negotiations with them or they've already talked to them or they've already even locked in for the major. So when mm. I then hear that some other people in the talent crew who are big names, you've already seen a couple right there, aren't doing the major, I thought to myself, I should probably find out actually because like a lot of other people, I had assumed they were probably just going to hire me because I think I've worked the last, I think the last three or four star ladders in the row. I, I, I would also even throw in, even though this is a side issue, I have obviously literally su suggested them as someone who should get a major, citing the fact that they were always in CSGO since the very beginning and they supported a region which no one else did initially in the CIS region. I also thought CIS region itself in some contexts was due a major, even though unfortunately because of the political situation in Ukraine, they didn't get one. It's in Berlin this time. But in spirit, it's sort of like a CIS major because it's a CIS company that gets to do it, etc. Sure, yeah. So, to me, I also thought, of all the majors I've worked, this has got to be another one that's, that's pretty likely they're going to hire me, right? So I personally assumed, right, well, the fact that they haven't reached out to me also makes it seem likely, right? What they've done is they've thought the same thing, right? Well, Thorin's worked with us at all the other events. He always says yes. He always agrees to the rates that we discuss. He's never mm -hmm. someone who's pushed back or anything. So, you know, what we're going to do is we're setting the other pieces up and we're going to ask him last and he's going to say yes, it's going to complete the talent list, right? But what happened was when I reached out to them, and literally didn't say any of that. All I said is I just said, "Are you? I do you have any plans to use me for this major? And what they basically said was, no, the talent lineup is set. We don't have any plans at this time to use you. And that's it. Uh, or I'll throw in as well. They basically also said something to the effect of like, but don't worry, there'll be star ladders after the major and we'd be glad to see you there. Now, first of all, if you have any clue of like the concept of reading the room, you'd never add that last part like that. No, That's no. like saying like, I'm not interested in using you for world championships. When I have a smaller event, that other bit, tier one talent don't say yes, I'll be happy well, to use you. On, on top of that, what they're doing there is they go, and just before you think about shouting at us now and getting upset with us, remember, we control another like 10% of your work potentially next year. Oh, so as well. temper, 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 temper. That's what that is. Sure. You know, that's the psychological tool. We don't want any, we've told you something contentious and we don't want any conflict. So, you know, just remember, we, we, we still going to write you a check for a few tens of thousands of dollars next year. So be careful. Now, there's two other is. parts to this. One yeah. is that even just from that all coming out in my tweet, they already have been trying to tell me like, but we didn't necessarily say it was entirely set. It's like, listen, mate, unless you're offering me a spot, shut the fuck up. Like, what is this? <laughs> what, now you're just going to keep telling, are you Nicola, is this Nicola and I home sock puppet account? And now you're going to tell me for the next three weeks. I haven't technically said you haven't, <laughs> just because I haven't given you a spot doesn't mean I haven't not given you a spot. And then the very end goes, are you giving me a spot? Nah, I was never giving you a spot. It's like, well, what's the purpose of this? Like, also, as I alluded to before, think about who you're dealing with. Like, I am actually not as unreasonable as people think, but I'm certainly not someone to be fucked around with. So, like, if you are not no, you are just me, the esports Russia. Like, yeah. if you are not going to hire me, stop emailing me about whether or not you're hiring me. I don't want to hear anything else about this except we would like to hire you. If you don't, stop messaging me. Because then the second component is this: I am normally not someone who invokes. You can attest to this, Richard. I'm not someone who actually believes in business things like loyalty and all. Is that big a deal? I think a lot of that is just 
people use it as it's a tool that you use socially to advance yourself where financially you can't. So you can't make the guy work for you and do what you want. So what you do is you say, well, I've worked you for a lot of years, you know, shouldn't you really do it anyway out of loyalty, you know? And that's why I despise the way loyalty is applied in esports because it's only ever big companies demanding loyalty of individuals. Then those big companies can turn around and they can piss all right in the face of the individual and say, well, why do I have to be loyal? I don't have a contract with you. Yeah. Where's, where's the loss? I have to do this. So what I'll say is this. The reason why I'm going to invoke the concept of loyalty and the fact that I did do all of those star series. By the way, any fan out there, go and look up the last three or four star series events and look how many of the tier one talent are missing. And you know how many of those fucking tier one talent told me every time I said to them, are you doing the next star series? Of course I'm not. Why the fuck would I do star series? There's, there's tons of other events pay as much as them. And I, I don't want, you know, they're not going to have the top mm. teams at all of it. Astralis isn't going. Like, you know how many of them told me like, they literally told me, Starlight is in the past, mate. You know, with all with what happened with them losing Twitch, they're probably going to go out of business soon anyway. That's what the tier one talent that are going to be hired to these motherfucking events. Think about your tournament. So what, what, that what role, was that about them losing Twitch? What was that? Apparently, they're one of the companies that used to get paid something by Twitch or have a deal with Twitch and somewhere. Oh, they, no they had a retainer. Right, something like right. that. And I believe okay. they no longer get I didn't that know that, actually. It's funny. So, I guess I'm not on I the know, freelance circuit. Nobody told me that. So as far as I know, they might be in some sort of financial troll because presumably you have to make up the money you lost that you were mm. getting in that sense. So I, listen, I, that's one of the reasons why, sadly, I even used to tell those talent, yeah, but they're a tournament that's a prestigious tournament. They've been around a long time. They mean something they've seen. So as long as there's good teams, go anywhere and, and support it as a talent, right? But whatever, they made their own business. So the point is, as far as loyalty goes, no talent has shown more loyalty to Starladder of tier one talent than me. I would agree the people who've come up through Starladder probably have done more. Parry, those guys, they've probably done more overall. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I am so fucking sick and tired of Russian businessmen telling me to my face that I am not respectful and loyal to them, and they never show respect or loyalty to me in any context. I'm sick and tired of it. The, what, what they are is they're just fucking plastic gangsters where they want respect from you because that would benefit them. So they lie and pretend that they have a personal relationship with you. When it actually comes down to brass tacks and displaying that personal relationship, you get absolutely fucking out from them. And unless you've got a contract or a literal like agreement, you are nothing to them. You are nobody. So as a result, fuck them. I don't care. And you know what? Don't bother inviting me to the next Star Ladders because here's the part you haven't thought of in your own blast-esque stupid hubris. You've just admitted that your normal star ladders are not good events because you can't get all the talent you'd like to have at them. You have to hire shitters like me to come and be the main talent. You have basically admitted it's only when Valve gives you the money for a major you can put on an actual tier one event. So there we go. You've admitted yourself your tier two. You know what? I'm not interested in doing tier two events. So no thanks, but no thanks. Peace. All right. Um, I mean, look, it, it then spills over, right? Like, if you're not there, I mean, for, look, first of all, I'll just add that this fucking uh, conspiracy theory that people craft on Reddit about Valve getting involved, no, they don't. Uh, that's a fact. Valve never talked about any talent hires ever in CSGO. It's at the behest of the tournament organizer. The other thing is that, like, Oh, but Valve yeah, haven't even removed people for literally making racist jokes and comments. Like, do you imagine they're going to start saying who they can hire? Like, come on. Yeah. Even in <laughs> Dota, the, 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 the too good incident is notable by its uniqueness. Exactly. And there's a lot of things that went on there. Valve generally do not care. Um, so, you know, they the, the idea that you 
because like in 2014 or 2015 said something about Poland, this is what, you know, this is why you're not coming to events is, is insane. And it's, you know, if it wasn't for the fact, a lot of time on the internet has made me fully aware of how I I always tell people, unless you've been a well-known person on the internet, you don't know how stupid people are. They're way stupider than you would even imagine. Even a really Mm. cynical person won't be on point with how many dumb people are out there. So I will say, I'll give the caveat. It could be dumb people. But at this point in time, when people cite really bizarre, like mad conspiracy theories with no shred of evidence like that, like maybe Valve said that they couldn't hire him, apropos yeah. of nothing, I, I actually know. almost start to wonder, like, are these the fucking, the the like accounts paid to just post stuff on Reddit? Like, I get to maybe. that level, Rich. Like, I'm getting sick of, like, how ridiculous the stories are like that. Like, well, not even well, apropos of anything. Well, I mean, look, if anything should put that to bed, it was that the next day it was reported that we're now looking at maybe uh not having anders there i mean almost certainly we're not uh and not having moses there now and they apparently offered moses an analyst slot was what it said in that article not a a commentary gig oh by the way there's another part i'll I'll add in i probably should have made this more clear at the beginning because this is actually Mm. my main my main problem with this whole thing it's not that i wasn't hired by the way like in this particular scenario i think compared to all the other majors you could even make the best case for not hiring me i haven't done that many events this year i'm not actually a guy who's going full time we're, start, we're starting to get more pros yeah, coming through as well there's plenty there's plenty of people who could do the job as well but this mm. is the problem i have is because mm. i actually did show real loyalty to these people and i did mm. work with them a lot all they had to do was reach out at the beginning and just say listen i've had this, by the way i've had this up with other tournaments that i've been very cool about just reach out at the beginning and say listen since we've hired you for all the other events we've done we understand you might have an expectation you will be hired exactly. for the major yeah. it yeah. turns out unfortunately after much deliberation we have chosen not to select you as a talent for this stuff Although, despite this, though, we really hope in the future we can collaborate again. Sorry for any hard feelings this might have caused. Love Star Ladder. P.S. Love that respect. That would be, Mm. if I was at that email, you would have never heard about this from me. You might have still heard that story about Anders and them. It might have leaked out anywhere that I wasn't doing the event. That all might have come out, but I wouldn't be saying any of this shit. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so look, let's, let's get into it. Cause obviously again, we're, we're friends with these people. So look, I'll tell anyone like take all this shit with a pinch of salt, but there was something off at the last major for me when Anders weren't there. And you know, like you don't, and Anders shouldn't be missing majors. That was true at 2013 when they put him on the fucking secondary stage. Um, and said, yeah, you, you're you're not ready as a commentator to do the big big event and meanwhile i think lurpus was a fucking color commentator with Toshpot in what is probably one of the worst cs pairings if you go and listen Take to it. the final i think yeah um but that that's that's ancient history and i think we all know who anders is and what he's about and how good he is and this is a maybe, guy maybe valve just said not to hire anders though because he keeps <laughs> saying are you kidding me a lot though rich have you ever thought of that angle you know yeah you're right i haven't actually you know my uh, favorite one ever i'll give you the best one ever of that like like genius really stupid level conspiracy theories here's the best one ever is i once complained because yanko came out and for some reason i can't remember why but he defended over something and i came out and i said well to be fair every tournament organizer with different talent has fucked up so i said e-league for example didn't pay me any of my money for three months that a normal person would need to live on i'm lucky i had another job on the side like when i did this right in the thread that people made about the tweet thing i remember vividly this one guy just goes maybe they didn't pay him because they didn't like the things he said 
It's like, is that how contract law works now? Yeah, it wasn't exactly. really. Like, I was going to pay you money, but exactly. then, then you said that cup of coffee I made you was shite. So <laughs> fuck it. I'm not paying you now. How dare you? Actually, how dare you? Um, Amazing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, ridiculous. Um, but no, I mean, look, it, it felt that there was something off there, and I, I don't want to get too much into it. Um, but the reality is, right, like Anders come hell or high water has always made himself available for events. This is a guy with kids. This is a guy who's had health problems. This is a guy who has other projects. You know, this is a guy who has had his own company. And yet, no matter what event it's been, all he's ever asked is like just for very basic, you know, what you would call perks. There was a weird perception in the industry that was going around because people were like just putting out their own lies, their own disinformation campaign about Anders. There was a period where people were saying, oh, his day rate's too high or he's too demanding. I'll, I'll, business class flights was another one I remember yeah. people saying. But, but here, here's the thing with, with the business class flight thing. I think it was like he was traveling between two events where it would have been possible for him. Like he was going across two time zones and he had his busted fucking gimped up knee. So he was in a lot of pain. And I think one, I think like one time he said, listen, if you want me to come to this event, I'll fucking, I'd like yes. to, like, could you just give me fucking business class so I can rest my leg, get, get some sleep, like, you know, fucking like lying down horizontally um because i'm gonna be exhausted otherwise i don't think realistically i could do it and the tournament organizer in question got back and was like we'll give you economy plus which as we all know economy plus is what you used to get in economy before fucking airlines found another way to fuck you in the ass right so economy plus is not even close to business and i think over that things broke down now with this major you know i i, I honestly kind of feel that um you know, ESL aren't afraid to play fucking hardball with key members of talent. I think we've seen that in the past. Start They'll do. Uh, no, 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 I'm talking about ESL because when oh, I'm with Miss Katowice, the right. yes, yeah. there you go. Uh, I think ESL will just play hardball. They'll be like, we'll put out a broadcast no matter what, and we've got our guys. And they've deliberately brought through other talent and sort of, um, you know, bound them to, to, to them as, as, a, as a product, you know, like Stunner, for example, who, you know, he's come on leaps and bounds. I think Stunner's a really, really, he's exceeded my expectations as a piece of talent. I think he's incredible. Uh, the job he does, very good with, in crowd situations. He's getting a desk hosting thing down, very versatile. You're always going to see machine at ESL um, events, even though they had that relationship that kind of, you know, broke apart back when he, he used to be an ESL employee, you know. Um, you're always going to see Frankie in the ESL event, uh, you know, and, and Henry and Sadakist and Sponge seem to kind of combine the ESL gang, right, with OJ Borg when he's not doing TV. Um, we're seeing more and more pimp. Um, I love Jacob. I don't think he's quite there yet. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, he, he's still got work to do. Um, he knows it. It's not going to hurt his feelings by saying that. But the idea, but because of these loyalties that they have, they don't mind. They'll just say to people, listen, we know you're the voice of Counter-Strike Anders, but, but fuck it. Like, we'll just do what's good for us. Um, what I don't expect is ESL are an established brand. You know, they, they run the biggest tournaments. They have tournaments that are as big, if not bigger, than majors in their portfolio. They have the Intel Extreme Masters Grand Slam. ESL can really afford to fuck around. First major for a company like this, I think you want as many people that you can rely upon to deliver a good fucking broadcast with you. And let me tell you, 
it's not just about Anders, who is who is inarguably the voice of Counter Strike and should be there and should be there at every major. I don't care how much you got to pay him, you find the money. But the idea that you're gonna then break up a partnership by saying to Moses, "Oh, we'll have you at the major, but we'll put you on the analysis desk." The position that puts him in is so fucking disgusting. It's like, okay, well, not only can I go and do a secondary role that I that I really don't want to do right now because I'm focusing on my commentary, I also fuck my commentary partner o- over by doing it. And take an analysis slot. Yeah, yeah, and take an analysis slot away from somebody who could have been doing it. It's like, listen, you obviously don't know Jason because Jason's fucking loyal and, and he's a good guy. Absolutely, yeah. And he, he's, you know, when, when you consider the fucking hell we've put him through and he still fucking loves us, the idea that he's going to like basically say, yeah, and you know that fucking partnership that we're, I don't know why I was talking like that. You know, that partnership will work. You know? <laughs> inside uh, voice. Yeah, I don't know why I've just done that voice for Bobo. Sorry. That's dude. actually what he sounds uh, like when he's off broadcast. It's all a Yeah, I can't wait. I'm on fucking broadcast now. All right, fuck you, Anders. Um, anyway. The, the, you know, the idea that, like, Jason's going to fucking turn around and fuck over his long-term commentary partner to take a gig that he doesn't really want just so he can get a little badge and say, I was in another major, which, you know, they are badges of honor and they are accolades because it's meant to be the big celebration of Counter-Strike. Like, doing one matters. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's just, a, it, it, it's just been so poorly mismanaged. And there isn't a tournament on planet Earth that would be better for not having Anders there or not having Jason there. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's been so poorly handled. And you can try and spin. We're going to give others a chance. Do you know what the chance is? The rest of the fucking season prior to the major. That's the chance. Like, for example, if you come out and you had, um, you know, uh, Launders, um, you know, goes on to do the major, um, you know, it's weird because he's at the minor, but um, fucking Scrawny isn't there, right? Is that is that accurate? I think that's right. Yeah. So like, why is that? So why has that happened? Uh, that seems crazy to me because something weird's gone on there. By the way, like this is an aside because I remember when Launders and Scrawny were sort of it, it, it got leaked to me that they were going to be like included in all of the Blast expansive stuff. They were doing great fucking work. I think we all agree they've become like an elite level um, pairing, right? But for me, if you came out and said, yo, you, we got Launders and Scrawny doing some commentary here, I'd be like, yeah, all right, fine. They, they probably do deserve a major. I'm down with that. But they've put Launders on the fucking desk in a role that I, I think he can do analysis, obviously, but I think you have to give him the right partner. Like, he could work with someone like you. I think if He's you put him with try on his own, yeah. That's what I mean. I think if you put him with someone like Pimp or even like a Sean Gares, it, it would just be a disaster. It would just be a fucking disaster. So the idea that, you know, they've already broke up this parent for the minor is weird. And that implies they're not going to get a major. And and it's like, Lawrence ain't going to say no to doing the minor. And he definitely ain't going to say no to doing a major. And he definitely deserves one. So it's like, what a fucking, what, what a terrible situation to put all of the talent in. You know, where by the way, like, just as an aside, because yeah. I actually agree with everything Richard said at the beginning of this segment, by the way, they are a good company as far as mm. I know. 
even though I actually have had personal conflict. Pay on time. Yeah. It's always been legit and how they dealt yep. with me. I've, I actually appreciate this is the, actually the break. If you're, if you're in the industry that I give to people who've been around the industry, if you are a dream hack and the SL, a star ladder, I'll give you way more of leeway than I will a brand new company. That's just coming mm. in now with all the millions. If I yep. know you've gone through the grind and you've been in the hard times and even in the dark days, you were supporting the game. I'll give you some leeway. So even the angle that could be real, by the way, maybe this is a reason why maybe they have financial issues. Like I alluded to earlier, maybe they can't afford to just get all the talent for the major. I would say on that end though, that's the problem with doing the major, mate. You're doing the world championship. The world championship, you're supposed to blow yeah. the fucking doors off. You're supposed to hire all the people. Like, one of the problems I have, and it's a side topic, we haven't got too much time, but I'll just throw it in there. Yeah, now we've got about 10 minutes. There's always a concern when you do these events as well uh, that you could get squeezed on your fucking day rate. And I don't care what little shit cunt watching this ch show right now is like, you should be grateful to do a major. No, it's a job, you daft cunt. You don't do it. It's not like going on the fucking the, the roller coaster at Disneyland. It's a job. You have to work all day long. You have to prep. You have to get up. You have to go to a different time zone, be away from your family and your loved ones. Like you have to do all of that because it's a job. So when it's the world championship, you should get paid the most. That should be the highest day rate. Not taking 60% of your day rate just so that you can say, I was there. And then you get completely exactly. cocked by having your name on the fucking talent list and everyone assuming that everything was great. So there's a problem with that scenario there. Like, I know in a mad way, I'm almost glad they didn't offer me like a third of my rate to do four days of the event or something because I'd have had to say no, but then they could have claimed, eh, but we did ask him. Like, so my point with that one is like, why do people keep still keep getting majors if it indeed is true that anyone has any problems with it? Like you should surely be able to show a business plan that you can run the whole major. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, and then look, the other thing they immediately lurched from that into some more bad headlines now because uh, of the roster rules. Yes. And, um, and again, if you remember, there was problems at face it with like, you know, applying rules. And there was this problem with the fucking bug, you know, again, it, it just doesn't bode well. So what happened here was um, they had this rule where very publicly they'd said, yo, MIBR, we know you don't want, right, for some reason MIBR are being dickheads and they're being against, the, they're acting against their best interests and insisting that Cold Zero can't play in the team anymore. It's some of the most childish, petulant shit I've ever seen. Like, you professionals, you played together for many years, you should put that to one fucking side and just do the major and just shut the fuck up about it. Instead, they're going to events with Zeus, and it's a fucking disaster. They're getting banged out, they're running this brand. Again, I don't know who signed off on this on a management level, but you are just, you may as well take that MIPR fucking shirt and just wipe your ass on it and just fucking forget about it. It's fucking, it's I a I will travesty. just say, as an aside, by the way, just because I said it on Twitter as well, so I'll say it here for the bands. I literally had a conversation with a high up person within the Immortal slash MIBR uh, organization last year when mm. there was the first rumor I'd heard literally from the man himself that Cold Zero might leave and go to Team Liquid. And I remember yeah. saying to this high up person, well, what are you going to do when he eventually leaves? And they told me that unlike every other fucking player in the history of the universe, that actually he would not be allowed to leave and that they would ensure that he stayed and that, you know, he would definitely fulfill his whole contract. If anything, people would only be joining MIBR, not leaving MIBR. Therefore, Colzer was never going to leave no matter what he told you. As I told them, well, we'll wait and see when he really wants to leave. And what do you know? As, as yeah. usual, everyone gets to leave. No one yeah. stays. Yeah. Um, so look, uh, so then what happened? So today they announced that once again, in favor of a certain Brazilian team, uh, they're gonna they're gonna walk back the rules. 
they're just going to walk it back. They 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 adjust the the roster rules where they said because it was a transfer thing, it doesn't count as an emergency. Now they're saying, and it would have meant MIBR would have had to play four or play called zero. Uh, and you're not allowed to play four, so they would have had to drop out. Uh, they're now being told, yeah, you can play Zeus. So it's going it, to first of all, it devalues the major massively uh because there's there's no excuse to not have an actual MIBR five player roster playing at the event except their own fucking petulance um it deval it, so it massively devalues the tournament but then the fact that you absolutely didn't stick to the rules and just to benefit seemingly one big brand this is the type of stuff that makes me say you weren't ready for a major because shit like this always comes up and you've got to be on point and handle it consistently. Now, if you compare what they've done with MIBR, the first people to pipe up about how they've been mistreated was Lazarus. And Starladder put a quickly rushed statement out saying uh, Lazarus um, needed to make two roster changes because the Lazarus roster has, they lost 10s and they have, uh, uh, and they had FNS, I think. Yes. So they, they needed to quickly bring in two players, right? Um, but anyway, they were in talks for weeks with Starlad, and Starlad said, no, you can't do it. It doesn't count as an emergency. Then they gave him 24 hours notice that actually, yeah, we're going to walk back the rules, so can you can you change your thing? So I, I linked you a comment here, Sam. Basically, Ye, who plays on the team, former Complexity player, said, all for clarification purposes, because he tweeted out about it, saying how pissed off he was they changed the rules. It says, in the HLTV article, Starlad has stated we cannot attend the event because the roster lock was already in place. This is true, but they failed to mention that we've been in contact with them for weeks prior to the roster lock. It was delayed and discussed over a long period before the roster lock took effect. We were essentially told that fraud could sub in for one, but that another was deemed not an emergency. Therefore, we were screwed and couldn't get another player. With this rule change, as it stands now for MIBR, Danny could have subbed in for one, and we could have got a replacement for the emergency, and we would have been able to play in the minor. So basically what they've done is they uh, have... I mean, I've looked at the DM exchange. I've looked at everything. Like, I, I reached out to Fraud because obviously I've known him many years. I reached out to Ye. And on the surface of what I've seen, and we don't have a lot of time to break it down, but they have every right to be upset. Because, again, remember that you can sub a coach in for a non-emergency yes. and you can make an emergency roster swap. They deemed one roster move to not be an emergency and they deemed one was an emergency. So, the the basically... It, it looks to me, based on what I've seen, based on all the evidence, Lazarus absolutely would have got their shit together and could have been competing at a minor. Oh, and two things with that. One, actually, Lazarus has more of an emergency than MIBR does. One of their players is yeah. banned and cannot play at the major. Coldzera absolutely can play, and the official story is he wants to play and is being forcibly benched. So MIBR is just saying, right, this guy is leaving after the tournament anyway, so we're not going to let him play. That's an emergency. We don't have a player. Mm. Well, you just chose to take him out of the lineup. You do have a player. That one doesn't even make sense. And the other angle is, the key point here is, it's not about what the rule is. It's that you must have the rule 100% nailed down before a single match ever happens in the whole tournament. Exactly. Ideally, before even the online qualifiers, you should then put it in a rule book, send it to every team, and there is no excuse after that. Yeah. And, and, and you know, look, this is something we'll have to go into in more detail on the next episode or something, uh, b because this is this is a huge problem. But it is reminiscent of Face It. 
in the sense that, you know, the, you, we, we're always getting these question marks about when you kind of can't play, who you can and can't swap. This, this, is, this is child's play. This is so easy to just do correctly. And the stakes are unbelievably high. The entire future of this team could hinge on whether or not they got to a major, whether or not they yeah. get picked up by a big org, whether they get a fucking big sponsorship. You have now deprived them of potential future because you've decided out of nowhere, out of the blue, to walk it back. And here's the problem. I don't know if Star Series did it because they were like, oh, it's just the right thing to do, actually thinking about it. But what it reeks of is that because MIBR are a big brand and a big team with big names, and they were going to have to drop out of your tournament and it would have hurt viewership, you change the rules. That's what it looks like. It is not hard to construct that narrative at all. And if you're, if you're making decisions on that reason, you shouldn't be running tournaments because that goes to the heart of integrity, you know, where you, where you apply rules selectively. You know, Ely took a lot of shit for sticking to the rules and not making an exception when Luminosity went to SK. Yep. We got fucking crucified for it. But we stuck to the rules that were in the document we put out at the start, knowing we were going to get crucified, and then we reviewed them for next fucking season. Because that's what you have to do. Whether It doesn't matter if it hurts your bottom line. you got to stick to the fucking rules, or what is the point? And by the so, way, as, I'll, as a last shot, I'll even throw mm. a little bit of shade at HLTV.org for that. Peter from HLTV.org described that decision by E-League to uphold their own rules and not allow SK to change organizations as the worst decision. I think he said it was the worst decision in the history of like admin decisions. The same guy is the guy who has repeatedly been in favor of mid-season changing roster rules. Like, I don't understand people like this. Like, mm. if there's one consistent thing that must happen with all rules, is they must be uniformly applied across the entire competitive period. That's why the Lazarus one's the key. Yeah. So, look, we've got to, we've got to wrap it up there because Duncan has a hard out. We would have gone a little bit longer, but we can pick we'll it up. We'll be that long till the next one. Yeah, we'll pick it up next episode, probably early next week. Uh, so, first up, let's um, quickly just get the questions out of the way. We had Reykjavik on Steam, $100. With how impressive the Blast LA was, is Refresh likely to assist Blizzard with their Overwatch League production? Surely with multiple locations, uh, the Overwatch League could do with some cozy and intimate events. Uh, I mean, I don't think the it's Overwatch... Like that, huh? Yeah, Overwatch have got their own problems coming up, Reykjavik, because this fucking, what's it called, the Homestead season, which they've had to massively scale down. Trust me, internally, still a massive disaster, so pay attention to that. But Pounder420 asks, what's the most outrageous piece of fan gift slash art that you or a CS pro has, has been given? Um, I've been sent, like, fucking dick pics and shit. <laughs> All right, then. Is that a gift? Reasonable. I mean, All right. <laughs> you didn't see the penis? <laughs> And then you were like, sorry, sir, this is a Starbucks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I said, look, red eye for the last yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> Just because we used to know each other. You and know, then, and back, then I says, listen, Nicola, this fucking front row experience is too far from my... Well, yeah, he, he, said, he said we're going to change it from a front row experience into a fucking backdoor experience is what he fucking said. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been sending some dick pics um, and like just, you know, weird um, stuff. Uh, you know, I consider them gifts. I'm not like <laughs> some mad mental, like, sure. you know, fucking insecure guy. Like, you know, the people sent me a penis. Fair, fair enough. But I can't think of anything I ever got on an event. Um, I've had some nice stuff. People gave me like a tie from their like local college uh, football team and, and stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had anything beyond that's more outrageous than people sending me their penis with, you know, do you like? like yeah, nice t- tight dick player. Like, you know, what do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> you know, what do you say? Like, tight dick player, Doc. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Doug? Luckily, I haven't had many weird things say, and also I'm so unashamed of who I am that I've even like, for example, probably the weirdest thing I got because he said art was something I've even actually myself used and put all over my social media, which was one guy did during the Summoning Insight era, which is a League of Legends talk show I did, did do a drawing of me where I'm sort of like some sort of like medieval slash fantasy lord with like a fucking like scepter or something. And it was like, and it was titled something like Foot Thorin, Lord and Summoner of the Light, which is like, that is a bit weird. I can't lie. But I don't give a fuck. So I even put it out myself like, yeah, sick, sound. <laughs> Uh, all right then. So that answers the question. But Pounder, thanks for your patronage and continued support. So all that remains to be said is we'll give a shout out to our patrons: a uh, hundred dollar patrons, Jerky's Minion, Detlef Insomniac, and Reykjavik on Steam. Our fifty dollar patrons: Sard Sawar, But Pounder Four Twenty, Watch Doge, Madsen, Benakagi Assassin, Mike Feed Me, Marcus Kiumpar, Tobias Bernasconi, Carve, and TC Owens. That was by the numbers. Thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you next week.